It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once a week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. And hello, everyone who's been on this entertainment journey to this point with us and all of those that are listening for the first time. Spencer Stoner is out this evening, but filling in is our first ever guest co-host, and it is co-founder and president of 97 to Now Productions, Mr. Mark Helton. Good evening. Yay. <laughs> Welcome again. Thank to the you. show. Uh, being going to be here with us all three hours. Happy to be here. It's going to be fun and interesting. And manning his station behind a big board is Rob Nault. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. And I, your not-so-humble host of all things pop culture, Kaboom, Jimmy Jones. We are, I'm just here to run my mouth. Tonight we will give you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it, uh, go into Monday, the best informed person you know as we provide you with the latest news, information, and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, concert events, tours and collectibles and games um and neither eric um it's a uh, pumpkin spice he said rum or scotch coffee oh i don't know yeah <laughs> some, some some sort of pumpkin spice <laughs> but i i don't know what they have at dutch brothers because i don't like drink but i was like i need some caffeine and i forgot mine and and the coffee i was expecting her to actually fritz. stop yeah i'm like hey can you bring me a soda she's like i'm at dutch brothers right now but i'm ordering i'm like um give me something pumpkin spice related like, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough because it is October first, might as yeah. well, right? Yeah, yeah. start to start. The leaves off. have started turning colors. Yes, yes they have. So uh, the that's pop the culture... nice part about living where we are. We yeah, actually we're... get the leaves turning colors. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that in Florida. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm not. Oh. At least I didn't freeze either. <laughs> so the pop culture room is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. This week, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's horrible reviews will be. In... Here, joining us to go over the movie set to release this coming week, uh, as well as Mr. Mark Helton. And we will have, I forgot to have everything on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what was that noise? I'm like, the noise like... too. <laughs> and we have two great guests for you this week. We'll be talking with the co owner of Dark Corner Haunted House, Holly Spar. Holly Spar will be telling us all about what's new in the second year of the Dark Corner Haunted House, what you'll experience in the haunted attraction when you can visit. Dark Corner Haunted House mm -hmm. at the National Bowling Stadium in Reno, Nevada, and what cor Dark Corner Haunted House has in store for you and the future. We'll also be talking with horror director Dustin Ferguson with 150-plus horror films on, uh, to his prolific career. We'll be talking with Dustin Ferguson about his latest horror film, the remake of the cult classic Spider-Baby, how you can be a part of the movie, and when it will be available for you to watch. We'll also be talking with Dustin Ferguson about his horror convention, the third annual Cropsey's Creepy Con, which is taking place on Sunday. Why do you pick Sunday? Sunday, October 22nd. <laughs> who will be there at the Mayflower Club in North Hollywood, California, and so much more. All of this, and your, your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment or your favorite fandoms and everything discussed on the show. Uh, to add your voice, just call 775-515-4141 anytime during the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. If you're too shy for the phones, you can always send us a DM through the Facebook page, which I have up right now, which is what Eric is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 he says he avoids the uh, S-Buck place as well. 
Oh, so I don't want to give them any press. Um, so, uh, Ori, if you want, if you don't want to do that either, but you still want to comment on anything, you can reach us 24-7 by sending us an email at popcultureboom at gmail.com. Very important rules when emailing. Please put in the subject line, question, comment, concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your name. It add first name only, I, and it has to be in there because I will not read email addresses over the air. And the city, state, or country that you live in, then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email, or if they are for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. And bear in mind, all emails will be read on the air unless you specify for them not to be, or if you can't follow those simple instructions. A couple of people who did, but were completely wrong, um, sent some stuff in, and it was, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce all of these. Two of them are... One of them's in the States. Two of them are not. Okay. Um, Zacharis, Z-A-K-A-R-I-S. Zacharias? Zacharias, yeah. Really? That's a Zacharias? Okay. From Cram, Tunisia. Tunisia. Uh, Shane from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And Paya from Ludkoping, Sweden. All said happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not my birthday. so It's almost your birthday. Yeah. It's coming up. 12 more days? Yep, on the 13th, Friday the 13th. Uh, Pia, uh, P-I-A. Pia? 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 Pia, okay. maybe, yeah. Pia says, happy birthday. You are lucky to be born to start the month. I didn't. I, I'm in the middle of the month. But thank you all for the really pre- Early. preemptive birthday wishes. I appreciate it, actually. So anyway, oh, nice. um, the rest of them I didn't want to share. <laughs> A couple of them got the instructions right. Just I don't want to, any more negative crap on the air. So, oh, yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> so, bye-bye. Anyway, but I did respond to him, so enjoy your response. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so upcoming stuff. Join Rob Spencer and I Saturday, October 14th at the Brewery Arts Center in Carson City for the Carson Creepy Short Horror Film Competition Screening and Award Ceremony. There will be a costume contest, a silent auction, and a raffle. And it'll be divided up into two. Actually, we needed to have the lyric on to tell us what, what they finally came up with. Because uh, they had so many entries mm-hmm. um, after coming on. Uh, he were, did. He told us it was going to be at 2 o'clock. And then... They were thinking about doing a 2 o'clock. No, there was going to be a 2 and then keeping the original time. at 6. But all the major awards were going to be at 6. Like a lamp from mm-hmm. Christmas Story. It's a, it's a major award. <laughs> nice. Because they were still going to, and they were going to have an audience favorite for the first block of showings and uh, an audience that favorite. That was a special for, okay. Right, and an audience favorite for the second block. Okay, and there you go. So the first one, uh, is the, so it's going to be broken up, broken up into two blocks mm-hmm. because they had, they, uh, when so they came entries. on the show, they had 20 entries nice. for it. And uh, so Sunday was uh, then, when he was on the show. Wednesday at noon was the deadline to be turned in. Yep. And they had 11 more sign up between Sunday and then. So It's a good problem to have. total of 31 entries. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on who's actually going to make it to the end. Because they only have two weeks to right. script, shoot, edit. That's a lot of time, though. For it a, is. A, a Compared to the other one film. that they have, the Reno 48-hour one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That one's scary to me. Yeah, like. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine that. That would not be fun. So we'll be there. I'll be interviewing people, of course. And uh, plus, you will see short horror films from some of northern Nevada's creative film minds. Doors open. Um, uh, Crystal, who calls the show all the time, or sometimes, and mm-hmm. uh, comments on Facebook sometimes. Uh, she's been sending me pictures because I guess she's involved in one of the films. Nice. So, yeah, good luck. It'll be interesting. Because there's all, right if, you know, if she's one of the actresses, they do have the good, you know, best actress awards. So. That's true. I don't know what she's doing. I know that she's been sending me, I, I think she might be just doing the makeup. 
Oh, cool. Which is really cool. Mm. Yeah. Which means she, she could get an award for best technical. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so film create doors open at 6.30 p.m. for the late showing. That'll also have uh, the silent auction to raffle and the costume contest as well as the awards. So you definitely want to go to that one. But you want to be a part of Block 1, too, because you just don't know what from where the films are going to be shown at. So uh, yeah, he, check did, them all he out. didn't say how they were going to divide them. Yeah, or if there was going to be um, discounted tickets if you go to both. Shows. Yeah, he said they were working that part out. So, But the best way to find out is by going to their website for the Silver State Storytellers, which is nvstorytellers.org. Org. Arg? Mm-hmm. No, org. Oh. Arg. It's not that was like two weeks ago. It's not pirate. <laughs> yeah. Pir- <laughs> Speak like a pirate, pirate day. day was like, yeah. We didn't do it on the show, though. <laughs> it was, well, it was during my other, the other show on Tuesday. Ah, that's yeah. why. Yeah. Uh, there are 342 days left until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture and comic book convention. I'm talking about Kaboom Con. So, sorry, Jimmy. It's Kaboom Con. You got to you got to do it right. Yeah, I like that better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes it's, a, it's a sustained boom. Yeah. Uh, so is it so is it more than two O's in the name? No, no. It's oh, okay. just uh, there's an oolong over one of the O's. So you know. Oh, there is. Yes, okay, cool. Yeah, it draws it out. Ah. There is. Uh, no. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Imaginary one. Yes, okay. it's, it's there when I look at it. So it was announced right here by uh, Mark Helton uh, from 97 and <laughs> Productions. Uh, they'll be putting on Kaboom! Kaboom Con! Saturday, September 7th, 2024, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And uh, there's a lot going to be happening at this one-day convention. Which, by the way, Mark Helton is here tonight to give us an update on everything going on with... Can you believe... That it's been a month since we last talked about this with me. I mean, I know you've talked about it here on the show and Everywhere. given a little bit of updates here and there. But it's it's been a month. And a lot has happened in a month. Good. Good, good, we, good. we went from about a month ago. We had around uh, 13 vendors. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those weren't even like fully paid yet. They were like signed up. Right. Uh, now we're at a place that we have almost 40 vendors. We have added on significant portions to the community center. So when we first started this gig off, if you will, the intention was just the gymnasium, right? 10,000 square feet. Uh, Let's get about 40, 45 vendors in there. We'll have a little stage set up. And it'll be a lot of fun. Are you talking about the uh, community center in Carson City, by the way? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, so soon to be the convention center one day, hopefully. <laughs> Come on, city council, let's make it happen. I know, right? So uh, so that was the intention. Let's just start with that uh, and see where it goes. And because of the immediate response, the, the day after we announced here on this show was when we released the vendor application. Huge response. So Jimmy and I talked, and I was like, let's add on the boardroom. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. it's not a huge and additional cost. It gives us the ability to have panels, the ability to do some other things. So we added on this room. Uh, which is where the actual Carson City City Council meets uh, okay. for governmental purposes. Right, right, right. Um, and since then, again, huge outpouring uh, of support. And we decided, you know what? Let's get the West Side parking lot. Because the West Side parking lot, you can block it off so it's only for your event. And you can have more vendors out there, food vendors, drink beverage right. vendors. So that's a lot of fun. So we went ahead and did that. We secured that. We then added on the Bonanza Room, which is... Probably the smallest room they have available, but it's still about 600 square feet. Mm-hmm. It's up just off the theater lobby. Oh, okay. And that is going to be a dedicated game room. 
where there will be tables set up. There's going to be some folks that are going to lead some D&D character creation, D&D running through some scenarios. And in general, you can bring, come in, bring your own board game if you want, bring your own trading card game. I'm hoping somebody brings Lorcana because I really want to see it in person. <laughs> uh, I, I can't find it anywhere. I really wanted to buy some. but uh, You know what? I think I got an article about Lorcana, actually. Well, good, because I'd love to hear it. Uh, and the big one, the big one is we have officially added on the theater. 550 plus seats. Wow. Uh, the full stage will have audio visual. Uh, you know, if somebody wants to come in and screen, a, you know, a creepy Carson film, we could do that. Uh, we're going to do, we had talked about having the Reno video game symphony coming. And we our original intention was for them to be in the gymnasium. We're going to throw them up on that main stage now. Nice. Our cosplay contest, that's going to be on that main stage now. Nice. So we've also increased our broadcasting our... is going to be on that main stage now. We're going Ooh. to be doing a special broadcast that day. That's right. There will be a live KNVC pop culture kaboom production. It's it, so. How long are you going for? I don't know. It depends on how much uh, programming you have. Uh, it's going to be an hour minimum. I know that. Okay. So maybe an hour or two. Yeah. Also be depending good. on you know mm-hmm. KNVC's uh, how they have because they have to rearrange Their everything block, yeah. on you know, everything on the radio station to accommodate for that. Sure. And, and then I also got to do the next show the next day, so I got to make sure I got enough material for five hours of show. Well, <laughs> so. the nice thing is that you'll have built-in guests. You know, you could go oh, yeah. grab somebody from the convention and be like, "Hey, come here, I want to." Well, that's you. kind of not appropriate to be grabbing people. Yes, I meant figuratively, <laughs> not literally. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll and, get the hook. We'll get that hook. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. It's going to be great. We, there are going to be other huge panels. Um, and again, we have that other smaller room where we can do panels in there. That room seats about 70. But yeah, the, the main stage, our Hall H, if you will. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Seats over 550. And because of the rooms that we've added on to this point, we now have increased our capacity where originally we were going to be able to do at any one time, maybe around 500 people, where now we've been able to push it up to about 1,500. Nice. Nice. So this is going to be huge. Nice. Unfortunately, I only talked to you into a one-day event. but <laughs> You know, we, we didn't know. When we yeah. started talking about this thing, it was mm-hmm. like, let's just do one day. Let's just do this gym. Let's let's see, you know, because it's never been done here in Carson City. Right. So right. let's see how it goes. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I've already literally been asked, well, what about the second year? Okay, hold on. <laughs> Can we get through one? <laughs> yeah. Let's see, let's see how that goes first. So yeah. it's it's really good to hear. I'm I'm excited. I hope that everyone here in that's listening that's local is excited. And those of you that aren't local, get your butts to Carson, September seventh, twenty twenty four. Right, because right. it's going to be. Oh, and by the way, Eric and uh, Whittier, California says uh, uh, that you got to say it like the uh, Captain Caveman now. Captain. Kaboom! Con. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Saying Captain Caveman is easier. To Rich do. Little is not your forte. <laughs> not so much. All right. Uh, oh, that silenced Derek. All right. So that being done. Um, so yeah, to come and join us. Uh, let's get to the Phoenix question. Oh, by the way, uh, proceeds will from. Uh, Kaboom Con will benefit Cold Nose Rescue and Sanctuary in Mount House and KNBC mm-hmm. 95.1 FM Community Radio right here in Carson City. So uh, there's going to be more announcements. Um, actually, uh, there's a big announcement today, actually, that you wanted to do. Yeah, you want to get it over with now? Yeah, yes. Well. Sure, why not? So we mentioned <laughs> that West Side parking lot that we've added it on. Uh, but now we can officially announce that dropping tomorrow will be the food and beverage vendor application. 
So if you or someone you know and love operates or owns a food truck or a restaurant that has the ability to go mobile, uh, be looking for that vendor application. I'll be posting it tomorrow, probably afternoon. And, uh, you know, get on there, get applied, get in, because space is limited. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a pretty decent sized parking lot. Depending on, you know, which size lot people request, I feel like we can get anywhere between 30 to 50 vendors in there. Nice. If if we have that many that are interested, so I and I hope so. I'd love to have a fantastic food and drink showing. Right. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, this this is. Uh, I was at an event yesterday in Reno, and I was talking to some food vendors there, and they had heard they had actually heard about the con. Nice. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Well, that's good. Uh, good. And I said, well, I'm that guy that's you know one of the people organizing it, and uh, they're like, okay, so. Can, can we come? We're from Reno. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's nothing saying you have to be from Carson. Right. This is for Carson. We want to show the love to Carson. But if people, we I would love to have food trucks coming from all over. You know what I mean? The, that way people hopefully will realize, Carson, we can do it just as well as Reno. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Better. Yeah. That's what uh, I'm hoping for. So and that, of course, is going to be Saturday, September 7th. Uh, tickets are not on sale yet, but they will be probably... I would say spring of next year. So we're but, we're gonna we don't want to push too quick. Yeah, but we're still you know things are still getting being put in place. So it'll be interesting to see how everything pans out. So yeah, I know you're holding up the uh, award for uh, that we'll be giving away for the art con youth art contest, which is really cool looking. So mm-hmm. any 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 uh, what is the uh, youth uh, art contest uh, limitation anyway? How old? So we've got three categories. We've got children, youth, and adult, and. Uh, Children is – God, I don't have my thing in front of me. Uh, children, I believe – You're supposed to have it memorized. I know, right? <laughs> uh, for the life of me, I want to say children is up to 12. Uh, youth is 13 to 17. And adults is 18 plus. Right. Okay. So – But, that, yeah, that looks really cool for the youth. Yeah, I'm sure youth would appreciate that. Right? That, yeah, I know. It's cool. Lights really up awesome. and everything. Yeah, really cool. So uh, real quickly, uh, let's get to the Phoenix Question of the Week. In the world of superheroes, the Phoenix Question of the Week asks of the following comic characters. Who was the first character to be in print for Marvel Comics? Your choices are Reed Richards, Johnny Storm, Jim Hammond, Thomas Halloway, or Namor McKenzie. And for, for I only thoughts, know two of those names. Okay. <laughs> I, will, I will run it down. Okay, Reed Richards is from Fantastic Four. Exactly. Uh, yes, uh, Johnny Storm is the Human Torch right. from the Fantastic Four. Exactly. Jim Hammond was the original Human Torch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Thomas Halloway was Angel, mm-hmm. and Namor McKenzie is the Submariner. Right, yeah. And I, I okay. know I Namor that was him, is more recent sure. than just about anything. Um, so of those five... I'm going to go with the original Human Torch. The original Human Torch, Mr. Jim Hammond. Uh, Rob, what say you? I have kind of a feeling like it's maybe like a red herring to have him in there. So I don't know. I'm going to go with Reed Richards. Reed Richards. Okay. Reed Richards and Johnny Storm were in the Fantastic Four, and they premiered in Fantastic Four number one, which came out in November of 1961. 
Okay. So keep that in mind, and we'll be right back with more. We'll get to, you'll get your answer. If anybody wants to call within the next minute or two while we're on break, I will give you a special prize, 775-515-4141. In the world of superheroes, the Phoenix Question of the Week asked the following comic characters. Who was the first character to be in print from Marvel Comics? Reed Richards, Johnny Storm, Jim Hammond, Thomas Halloway, or Namor McKenzie? Call with your answer now, and I will give you a special prize, 775-515-4141. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And I'm trying to find info here, but I ain't going to be able to find it. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. So we left off with the Phoenix Question of the Week. In the world of superheroes, the Phoenix Question of the Week asks of the following comic characters. Who was the first character to be in print for Marvel Comics? Uh, Reed Richards, Johnny Storm, Jim Hammond, Thomas Halloway, or Namor McKenzie. Um, you said Reed Richards? No, no, no. You said... Who'd you say? The the original. Oh, Jim Hammond, a yes. human tort. I said Reed Richards. And you said Reed Richards. Okay. Jim Hammond, actually, and you were right, Rob, it is kind of a trick question. Oh. So, uh, Jim Hammond, uh, The Human Torch, premiered in Marvel Comics number one in October 1939. Thomas Halloway, The Angel, appeared in Marvel Comics number one October 1939. <laughs> Interesting. So, they appeared in the same month. The same comic book. Which, oh, the same book. Which okay. one appeared on the first page or the other Oh, page? I didn't get that deep. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Namor McKenzie, a.k.a. The Submariner, premiered in Motion Picture Funnies Weekly, number one, April of 1939. Really? Wow. Why is that a trick question? Because the first issue and only issue of Motion Picture Funnies Weekly included Bill Everett's original eight-page Submariner origin story, which was expanded by four pages when it eventually saw print in Marvel Comics number one, October 1939. Hmm. So technically so, he so appeared all first, but all three of those, uh, were in the same month. Torch, Angel, and Submariner were all in the same comic book. So, uh. so the question is poorly phrased because it says Marvel, which it, when it appeared first, it wasn't Marvel at that point. Correct? I know. Right. I see. So a trick question. Uh. Uh, yeah. Uh, the first publication of Marvel Comics Golden Age predecessor, Timely Comics, comics to comment contents for which were supplied by Funnies Inc. So mm-hmm. technically, uh, the final panel of page eight contained a box reading continued next week, as well as a notation indicating an April 1939 date for the art. The box remained sans words and colored in when reprinted as part of the 12 page story in Marvel Comics number one, October 1939. So technically, it was still published by Marvel, but with the uh, April 1939 right. date mm-hmm. on the artwork. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, it technically is Namor, or... So, the WGA strike is now officially over. Yay! Yay! But the SAG-AFTRA strike is now 80 days in. For anyone who thought SAG-AFTRA was busy striking against the AMPTP, think again, as they have authorized a strike against the gaming industry. Yep. 
Back at the start of September, the organization announced they would be calling for a vote to authorize the strike, which they had until September 25th. The vote, SAG after President Fran Drescher, urged members to get their votes in as soon as possible and give the union power to call for a strike if necessary. We got the results of that vote, and it and it's one the entire industry should pay attention to, according to a press release sent out by the union this evening. The authorization to strike has been approved, but not just approved overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly approved, 34,687 ballots were cast by members of the Guild, and of of those votes, over 98% of them were in favor of calling a strike on interactive media. To be clear, a strike has not been called yet, only that the members have the approval to start one if negotiations with the industry leaders fail. The 10 companies the Guild highlighted for these talks are Activision, Blind Light, Disney, again, mm-hmm. Electronic Arts, Epic Games, Formosa Interactive, Insomniac Games, Take-Two Interactive, VoiceWorks Productions, and Warner Brothers Games. Mm. In a joint statement, SAG-AFTRA and AMPTP confirmed that they will be meeting Monday, October 2nd. So hopefully, that, yep. so hopefully that will get the resolved. the first step, so... If they were to get resolved. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's, it's it's a good step because hopefully then, like, it'll kick butt the other people into actually hard negotiations, you know. Hopefully. Maybe. So, that does the uh, main story there. Um, I'm glad to write a strike. Yes, so, that means me that uh, now I can have more people on the show. Yes. Yay. <laughs> uh, one person I've been waiting for, he actually, he is the one who forewarned me that this would be happening, mm-hmm. was uh, Mark Fergus. Yes. Who, so you know who that is? I recognize the name. Uh, he did. He basically, him and uh, Hawk Ospie, uh, they were the original scriptwriters for Iron Man. So they technically started the MCU. That explains why uh, I recognize the name. And they, they are also the ones who did um, Children of Men. Okay. And also Aliens versus Cowboys, the original script. Then it got, it got passed through a couple of different hands, and they were not happy about it. <laughs> Well, yeah, the final product. Was... And uh, they were the ones who did the Expanse TV show. Mm-hmm. So at least for the first four years, then they were just executive right. producers. They have a new... They were writers, but they are going to be writing the God of War yeah. uh, TV series. Based on the video game? Yes. Uh-huh. Ah, that's... Okay. So uh, I was going to have him on to talk about that, but he's like, well, in a couple months, we might be on strike. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then never mind. So I've been waiting for this to happen. So now I can send him an email and say, hey, Mark, ready to come, to come on, on and talk to you. have had a couple of days to get back to work. You want to come back on and uh, come on now? Absolutely. All right. So Marvel Comics, here's a uh, little um, collector's warning for you. And uh, after when I get to the end here, we'll see what you guys, if you guys can f- pick out why. It's a big deal. Okay. Uh, Marvel Comics' well-promoted marriage of Tony Stark and Emma Frost happened this week in an Invincible Iron Man number 10, Mm -hmm. but not the way fans expected. Lucas Fernick's connecting covers for X-Men number 26 and Invincible Iron Man number 10 suggested the wedding of the X-Men and the Avenger would be a glitzy affair attended by their superhero friends from across the Marvel Universe, but that's not how things ended up. The duo got married in a small ceremony attended by no superheroes, and one supervillain, and the legal bindings of their union may not hold up in court. Those following the fall of X storyline know that Orcus has exiled mutants from Earth following the second mutant massacre at the Hellfire Gala. Those few X-Men still on Earth hide in sewers and use technology to master mutant signatures from sentinels built with Tony Stark's 
designs, a.k.a. wasn't that the Morlocks from the first Mutant Massacre? But anyway, I digress. Uh, however, Tony is on his back uh, back foot after Fei Long, an anti-mutant industrialist has who has thrown in with Orcus, took over Tony's company and repossessed his Iron Man armor. Emma Frost, Emma Frost has been hiding in the guise of Hazel Kendall, Tony's assistant. They were meeting in the Hellfire Club with an unlikely ally in the, and the club's new Black King, Wilson Fisk. When Philong walked in on Tony trying to put the ring that masked Emma's true identity back on her finger, scrambling for an explanation, Tony proposed to Mrs. Ms. Kendall. Turning the situation to their advantage, Tony and Emma used their unexpected impending nuptials to lure Fulong, who they, to lure Fulong, period. I gotta not do run-on sentences, that's kind of annoying. (laughs) The elope going for a Las Vegas wedding, knowing that Fulong, having been pointedly not invited to the ceremony, wouldn't be able to stop himself from crashing the party. Emma uses this opportunity, a rare moment when she and Tony have Fulong alone, to dig into his mind and discover new information, including that this all began because Fulong resented his parents for being mutants when he was not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't make this stuff up, people. (laughs) But Tony and Emma must keep up appearances. Once Fulong is allowed to regain his senses, they complete the ceremony with Tony and Hazel Kendall, pronounced husband and wife. In addition to learning Fulong's evil villain origin story, Tony and Emma get the information they need to fight back against the Stark Sentinels and that Tony's father, Howard Stark, had learned about the existence of Mysterium, but never got his hands on any. The issue ends with hints that Tony may be trading his Iron Man armor for a suit made of this Mysterium metal. Iron Man, Invincible Iron Man number 10 is on sale now. The fall of X story continues in the upcoming X-Men number 27 and in Invincible Iron Man number 11. So why is this a collector's uh, warning mark? Um, I'm going to go with uh, because this is going to be the first time we get the introduction of Mysterium? Mm, okay. No. It's uh, hmm. been out there before. Uh, Rob? Um, because they aren't really <laughs> married? <laughs> Even if they aren't... Uh, okay, there's a couple... Of, actually, that was a trick question. There's a couple of things. A lot of trick questions this week. Um, first off is the uh, nuptials, of course. That's going to... Uh, even if it doesn't... But they, it, when Spider-Man married Mary Jane, mm-hmm. that was a big deal. When um, I'm trying to remember the other big Marvel wedding. Cyclops. Oh, Cyclops and uh, Jean Grey mm-hmm. and also... Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. When those two got married, it was always a big deal. Right. So a wedding between an Avenger and an X-Men is kind of the first uh, mutant and uh, Mm -hmm. Avenger um, wedding. So there's one reason. Reason number two is it's an origin story for a villain. Mm. And whenever there's an origin story for a character... Um, that kind of cements them as part of canon, and and th- those are. Always... I didn't realize it was the origin of that Philong guy, and especially if that ever gets used for future, series, yeah, mm-hmm. or anything else, and yeah, that that's why. Uh, I guess I'm gonna have to head over to the comic book store. Robert said Horton, uh, the, the original Human Torch, but yeah, we've already gone. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. <laughs> Thanks for trying. And sorry about my slow reading. Um, I end up Iron Man. What? Okay. Thanks for playing, Eric. I don't know what that means. So, 
Anyway, so that is a why that is a collector's warning. So feel free to stop by your local comic book shop and pick those one of those up because, yeah, it's going to be important in the near future. That's for sure. Yeah, if I can find where I'm going to be at, where is my stuff? Where is my stuff? I love dead air. It's right. such a fun thing to yeah, have. Dead air is bad air. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't open it. Hold on. Stand by. We are suffering from technical difficulties. Well, I guess so. Then technically, I was kind of right because I there said it, that it was about the wedding, but I was thinking it was because the wedding was not real. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a Las Vegas wedding. How much can that really hold up in court, you know? Um, they hold up in court very well. <laughs> Beauty of Nevada. They're easy to uphold. They're also easy to turn over. But not. Well, well that would be an interesting one. Find out when was the last time somebody actually had a Las Vegas wedding in a comic book. Hmm. And that's probably why. Whoever wrote this obviously doesn't know what they're talking about with weddings from Nevada. We should see if there's any that actually got divorced and threw their ring over the bridge in Reno. (laughs) See, if they they really did, (laughs) they really wanted to do it right. If it was a Vegas wedding, they would have had an Elvis impersonator doing the nuptials. But no, I saw the pictures. It's not. Uh, From the comic books being released October 4th, at least here, I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors or investors. Please... Don't base your buying decisions on my opinion. It is, after all, only my opinion. To keep this list to a minimum, I do not include in it trade ba- trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you're an independent company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and in the body of the email. Please put the title of the book uh, when it will be coming out, the publisher's name, and the issue number so that I can add it in the future. Yes, sir. <coughs> Excuse me. Archie <laughs> Comic Publications has Archie Halloween Spectacular number one one shot. Yay. Boom Studios has Abbott 1979 number one of five with a wall of busing five cover variants. Ranger Academy number one with a wall of busing seven cover variants. Chaos Quill Comics has Crestar and the Night Stallion, number one of five, with three cover variants. Dark Horse Comics has Midnight Show, number one, with three cover variants. DC Comics has DC's Ghouls Just Want to Have Fun, number one, (laughs) one shot, (laughs) with four cover variants. Uh, Is there a Cindy Loper? Oh, boy. That was fun. that was painful, Rob. Painful. <laughs> uh, Justice Society of America Gold Edition Number One with two cover variants. New Golden Age Special Edition Number One with two cover variants. Dynamite Entertainment has Alice Cooper Volume Two Number One of Five with a bank busting twelve cover variants. All right, guessing game time. Okay. Vampirilla Dead Flowers Number One mm. of Four with how many cover variants? Thirteen. Rob? Vampirella, number four. Number one of four. Number one of four. Ooh. I'm going to go with uh, 23. Wow. Ten apart, but he was closer. A, wall, a bank-busting 20 cover variants. Ah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, neither. 
Oh, uh, Eric says, uh, smack me upside, smack Rob upside the head for me because that had Cindy Loper one <laughs> comment, I guess. And he said 15 variants. So he was in the same ballpark as you, but both of you were wrong. And a uh, Vampirilla, this is actually interesting. Vampirilla magazine, number one facsimile edition. Oh, so, uh, facsimile edition. Uh, you know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So wrong. how is there that many cover variants that if it's a facsimile edition? Other than there is no cover variants. Oh, this one's different. Oh, okay. This, yeah. This I thought you were referring one. to the last one. No, Sorry. the last one was just Vampirilla Dead Flowers number one of four. This okay. one is Vampirilla Magazine number one. Ah, facsimile okay. edition. And unlike Marvel, they didn't do a thousand cover right, variants yeah, no. for <laughs> something that didn't have cover variants back then. Ego Manga has Numiverse Origins, number one. I think I pronounced all of that correctly. IDW Publishing has Star Trek, Star Trek Halloween, number one. <laughs> <laughs> with three cover brands. I'm sorry, was that H-O-L-L-O-W? H-O-L-O hyphen W-E-E-N. Like the so, hollow deck? Yeah, okay. hollow mm-hmm. wing. Uh, I hate it. Yeah. I mean, uh, for, no, Eric, <laughs> effects, what they mean by a facsimile um, edition is, with the Vampirilla magazine is that when it is, uh, it is reproducing the actual Vampirilla magazine number one, with everything how it originally was. It has the original cover art, the original interior art, and the original ads right. that were run at that when it actually came out. So it's but it's called a facsimile edition for and I don't know why the Don't term they generally the term. try to even use the same materials? I don't know. That's a good question. I think um, I think color wise they do, like mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. But it's interesting. I'd like, I'd like to see some of those like sea monkey ads or whatever. You know, <laughs> like monkeys. x-ray goggles. Wow. You ever like they used to have this? Like, yeah. You know, the... And you're like, holy crap, that was only a dollar? <laughs> um, and Image Comics has Transformers number one with a wallet busting nine cover variants. Walking Dead Deluxe number one newsprint edition, which I have no mm. idea what that means. Mad Cave Studios has Devil That Wears My Face, number one, with two cover well, variants. I'm sorry, what? Where's my face? Devil That Wears My Face. Oh, the face. devil. Okay. I, that I was thinking, dude, my where's face. my face? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of those. And that means it is time for us to take a hard break. When we get back, there'll be more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show with our special in-studio co-host guest, Mr. Mark Helton of 97 and Now Productions. we still got a lot to talk about. Episode number six of Murphy's Inc. Season two is on tonight after the show, so we still got to talk about that as well as some other things. And speaking of Star Trek, I see you got a red shirt on, so I'm gonna die tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Uh, there it is. Um, oh, why won't you be at the... Oh, she'll be in L.A. Uh, but uh, Crystal is going to... Has uh, sent me more pictures from the uh, horror show thing just now. Oh, nice. In, in a, like, montage. Nice. Uh, cool. Nice work. Yeah. Very, very nice work. So I guess... I wonder if she is listening. <laughs> Let me see what does she have to say about that. Uh, I'm bummed I won't be at the screening, but she will because oh. she will be uh, adventuring in L.A. Because um, uh, her daughter has an invite to the L.A. Fashion Week. Nice. Ooh, yeah. Bougie. 
Fancy. Right. Fancy, fancy. Uh, just let's uh, wrap up the uh, comic books real quick. Marvel Comics says Alien Annual Number 1 with four cover variants. Amazing Spider-Man The Birth of Tombstone Number 1 is a Halloween Trick or Read 2023 edition. What? Uh, Halloween Trick or Read. It's kind of like almost like not quite like free comic book day. They sent put out these special little issues oh. that you can pick up. Were they? They used to be the little ones. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe if Robert's listening, you can give us a call and let us know. Um, Gods. It's an acronym. G dot O dot okay. A dot S dot number one with a wallet busting seven cover variants. Ghost Rider Annual number one with two cover variants. Moon Knight Night of Blood number one with and it is a Halloween trick or read 2023 edition. Spidey and His Amazing Friends is a Halloween Trick or Read 2023 edition. Star Wars, The High Republic, Attack of the Huts, number one, which is a Halloween Trick or Read 2023 edition. Star Wars, The High Republic, Shadows of Starlight, number one, with four cover variants. And Strange Academy, The Amazing Spider-Man, number one, with three cover variants. Scout Comics has Fing G, number one, with two cover variants. And Mom Breaks the Internet, number one, with two cover variants. Variants, and those are your comic books coming up. What's up? I just have a dirty mind, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for not sharing. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Thanks for not sharing. Um, okay. So, Electronic Arts revealed that they have on the horizon for what they have on the horizon for EA Sports TC. Oh, got a call. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, caller. You're on there. Who is this? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Robert. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. <laughs> hey what's going on? So what's up with these uh, Trick or Read 2023 editions? I don't know. We had to order them last minute. They were solicited at the last minute, and I don't know if they're full-sized or not. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Are, are they, uh, there's, is there a cost to them, or are they free, kind of like uh, free comic book day? It's like free comic book day. Okay, perfect. Okay. All right. So, uh, And when does that start? Is there a day? No, there's no specific day this year. Um, we're going to try to do something towards the end of the month. Okay. So you had to order them last minute. That means you haven't gotten them yet? We have not received them yet. Okay. So, yeah, probably. Uh, so if you go trick-or-treating, or go stop by your local comic book shop and say, trick-or-read. Right. And get yourself some free comics. Right. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you'll you'll let us know what you're doing at the end of the month. Sure. Okay. Good. Yay. Nice. So, so uh, what did you think about that? Uh, what, what were we talking about with Star Trek? I can't remember now. Oh yeah, the Star Trek Halloween. <laughs> uh, anything to make a buck. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? All right. So I guess you're not going to be picking that one up either. <laughs> I'll look at it. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's there. You might as well. You have the ability I'll, to peruse, peruse it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a whole story behind that one. All right. Well, hey, thanks. Anything else, sir? No, not really. Just uh, open and, you know, ready for business. All right. Well, awesome. You invoked his name, so. I know. I invoked the oh, word. No. His ears were burning. <laughs> His ears are burning like human torch. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'm a little confused by that, actually. Uh, maybe you can help me with that because I'm not a big fan or, or whatever. But the original human torch, wasn't he an android? He was. So how did he have an android? That's why I put Horton because that's the creator. Uh, Professor Horton. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And he had a little android sidekick named Toro. 
Toro. Wasn't that like the kid one or something like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yep. How goofy. Okay. The Human Torch and Toro. Watch when they when they do the fan, new Fantastic Four film. That's going to be there. A little, a little Johnny Storm Jr. Something. <laughs> they got to give a nod. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like be a dog or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> This flaming dog. Okay, it's a hot dog. Anyway. Thank you. <laughs> oh, the new version of crypto. Uh, just throw them on the grill. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later, Robert. Talk to you later, Robert. And, uh, thank you for right, calling in. Good. And thanks for clearing that up. Uh, I appreciate that. No worries. All right. So Electronic Arts revealed that they have on the, what they have on the horizon for EA Sports FC in terms of eSports as they revealed their plans for the new FC Pro Circuit. Oh, a new... another... I think we have another call. Mm, no. Nope. Lies. <laughs> yeah. The system is a little buggy. Yeah. Uh, new game means a brand new exosystem, a tournament structure, and championship as they have thrown out all of their old systems for this brand new sports title. Beginning in October, the 1 million weekly competition circuit will start as it will span 10 regions, with top players clenching a spot in the first ever FC Pro World Championship. FC Pro will continue in February of 2024 with FC Pro Leaguers, which serves as an invite-only circuit with several leagues and federate. Federation programs confirmed for FC Pro 24, including EMLS, E La Liga, Liga, E Premier League, and others. The pinnacle of FC Pro competition, the FC Pro World Championship, pin, pits 32 proven competitors from the FC Pro Open and FC Pro Leagues against one another in a battle for glory. Players must navigate group play and a single elimination bracket to take home their share of the U.S. dollar one million prize pool and claim the title of the first ever FC Pro World Championship in June of 2024. It's people playing video games. I don't know why they call it a sport. So unless they're on a treadmill while they're playing, I don't see why they consider it a sport. I mean, that's just like saying, why is Texas Hold'em on ESPN, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that... Uh, I'm I'm a huge gamer, uh, but there's but, always money on the line with poker. There's money on the line in these esports. Yeah. Well, you just said a million dollar prize pool. There right? has been though that the, I mean, for a while. The like, sad reality of our society today is people would rather sit and watch somebody play a video game on YouTube than actually play the video game. Mm-hmm. That I don't get. I, that I don't either. My daughter does that, and I'm like, why aren't you? Don't <laughs> like, don't, don't get me wrong. There are times I'm playing Starfield right now. I absolutely yes. love this game, right? Right. And there are points where I'm like. What, can, what do I do? Yes. What is the alternate outcome if I choose this? Yes. And so I'll make my choice, but then I go on to YouTube and I'm like, okay, what happened if I would have done this? Mm-hmm. And I'll watch that play out because that's interesting. And I'm not, because I'm not a huge replayer. Plus with Assassin's Creed coming out this next week, I just got to get through Starfield. Um, <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it, I'm like nowhere. I'm like, I'm, I don't even know how many hours I've invested in it right now, but like I'm nowhere even near like a quarter of the way through the main mission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it is an amazing game. Don't get me wrong, uh, but as you were laying this out, I'm like FC. That generally in sports, that's yeah. football club, and I'm like, yeah. I am not aware of an EA soccer game, and so I looked it up while you were talking about, it, and indeed, it is the for football club. Um, and you know, I I get the first person shooter games, stuff like that. Those having tournaments, uh, I even get the Madden uh, mm-hmm. because there's you know huge tie in, but EA. FC, 
I'm, I don't know. I guess it is the most popular sport in the world. Right. But yeah, it's just because we're not big soccer people. Soccer I think that's why we don't under oh, yeah, we don't those get soccer it. games are huge. Oh yeah, and they're getting even bigger, especially now that Messi joined um, Miami mm-hmm. and like yeah. Wow, something. That, um, Eric says that he's addicted to The Witcher, 198 hour playthrough time. <laughs> wow, that that is well. It depends on in how one long sitting. The, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah dude. Uh, <laughs> I mean, 200 hours. He's over like blind how long. now. Like, what are you talking about? In one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> so McDonald's might have never made an anime series on their own to to, to, to focus on. The fast food establishment, but 2023 has seen the restaurant participating in the anime medium in various ways. Mm -hmm. In recent marketing campaigns, McDonald's featured an advertisement that harkened back to the Devil is a Part-Timer anime series and even created an anime segment of its own in Japan. Now the franchise in Taiwan is teaming up with the Z Fighters as part of a campaign to help push the latest Dragon Ball trading cards. Mm -hmm. Not only will the new campaign feature cards displaying the likes of Son Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo, Goten, Trunks, Trunks, uh, Gohan, and many others, but Taiwan's McDonald's restaurants will also feature exclusive packaging and meals dedicated to Akira Toroyama's brainchild. Unfortunately, the fast food franchise hasn't confirmed if this marketing campaign will be making its way to North America. The campaign itself has already begun in Taiwan and will later and will last until October 10th, offering anime fans to collect a Dragon Ball Z character blind card packs, which house four unique trading cards based on the Showen franchise. Following the promotion of four of the trading cards, Japan's or McDonald's, Taiwan will then give fans the chance to pick up some official Dragon Ball Z playing cards as well. You can uh, visit you can visit the official website for more information or if you know somebody in or who will be going to Taiwan tell them to pick you up like 9000 of them and bring them back. I think it would be better if they like actually did them as like the Hamburglar or Hermitage <laughs> or <laughs> Well, they, they did. They I don't know if they still are, but they've been doing the Pokemon in in the Happy Meals. Yeah, and so you know, I agree. I would love to see them do. You know, like South Park did Chimpokomon. Yeah, well, McDonald's yeah, right, right, should right. do their own version. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm like the especially since they're tying with like these Dragon Ball Z. In perfect time to like even and all they had to do really put them in purple. You know, like Mayor McCheese, Grimace, yeah. Rubble Rubble. Exactly. That would have been great. Didn't they like get rid of Grimace? Uh, no, they just had a big old shake. It was like the most yeah, popular the thing that they shake. did. Yeah, I know they had the Grimace shake, but I thought it was to no. say goodbye to a character or something no. like that. So, which was because I, I thought it was kind of weird. Because like, here's the Grimace shake, and we're saying goodbye to Grimace. Well, is he in the shake? I mean, that was kind of weird. He died. Yeah, stage and four. That's what. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Yeah, we were all eating they, him. They apparently. put him in a big blender, liquefied him. That's how we got yep. the shake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, taste the rainbow. <laughs> you, know, just taste you, know the you know what's really nasty? You know what's really, remember the shamrock shake? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you ever see somebody nose past that crap? Oh, that was, that was a sight. Mm-mm. Made somebody laugh so hard they nose past the shamrock shake. Mm-mm. Yeah, nothing like a green stream coming out the nose. <laughs> and with that thought, uh, Disney Starbucks Tumblr are highly collectible, mm-hmm. but they're about to release one that fans are going to go nuts for. A Tumblr inspired by Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas oh, is about finally. to launch, and it is pretty damn exciting for a for, for exciting as far as cups are concerned. It's set to launch sun, uh, launched on September 29th, so two days ago, yeah. and everything you need to know uh, to get one can be found at their website. 
Here's an update, though, from that article that came out. As expected, the Tumblr sold out yep. in a heartbeat, leaving mm-hmm. many fans angry. Oh, yeah. However, Disney has confirmed that it will return on October 4th at 12 a.m. Pacific Time, 3 a.m. Eastern Time, at the Shop Disney website. You'll want to be ready and waiting at launch time. The Nightmare Before Christmas Starbucks Tumblr features classic characters like Jack, Sally, and Zero set against a dark gray background. It may or may not glow in the dark by the looks of things. So I saw mm-hmm. pictures of it, and I could not tell. Nor could I tell if it was one of those things where if it heated up, it would like show the characters. They usually aren't. They're just like superbly collector items that you can only get at the Disneyland Starbucks like location. Ah, that's the main like thing. Is like that's why I'm surprised when you said like. When you were like twelve o'clock, I'm like, are they going to open up downtown Disney for this? Like, no, I was it's like, a, it's a <laughs> shop Disney website. No, because like now I'm excited. I have a chance <laughs> to get one. <laughs> Just make sure you stay up. Yeah. So let me get to this before we have to take this break um, because this is what you were talking about. Disney Lorcana's reprint is coming earlier than expected and will include a second run of Rise of the Floodborne. Mm-hmm. Last month, Ravensburg announced that they were moving forward with a reprint of Disney Lorcana, the first chapter with an expected arrival time of first quarter of 2024. After massive demand for the new card game led to mass sellouts mm-hmm. at hobby stores and mass retailers, in a statement provided exclusively to comicbook.com, Ravensburg confirmed that the reprint will include product from the first chapter as well as Rise of the Floodborne, the upcoming second set due out for release in November to address increased demand following the game's initial launch. In September, Ravensburg announced plans to reprint the first set of the Disney Lorcana trading card game. The first chapter, the statement reads, the reprint will also be included in the second set of the game, Rise of the Floodborne, and is expected to be available by holiday. 2023 in North America and by January 2024 in Europe. Comicbook.com asked Ravensburg about the size of the upcoming Disney Lorcana reprint compared to the initial print run of the first set, which they said, we cannot discuss quantities. (laughs) But our goal has always been to get as much product into the hands of fans as possible, and we are continuing to work with our suppliers to increase production to better meet demand as quickly as possible, said Ryan Miller, uh, senior brand manager and Disney Lurcana at and Disney Lurcana TCG co-designer at Ravensburg Burger. I can confirm that the reprint will include both starter decks and booster packs. Comicbook.com also asked about allocations between game stores and mass retailers. While we can't discuss the allocation split, well, they can't discuss mm-hmm. anything, can they? Uh, supporting independent holiday retailers with Disney Lorcana TCG continues to be our number one priority. Miller replied, Disney Lorcana is perhaps the hottest trading card game on the market since it was released in August, with Disney fans standing in line overnight at Gen Con to be among the first to get their hands on the game. Hobby stores received allocated stock of Disney Lorcana two weeks before mass retailers did, with many choosing to sell the limited product by they received at prices far higher than MSRG. Mm. Demand for Disney Lorcana also led to quick sellouts at many mass retailers, which they received this stock two weeks later. Um, yeah, it's going to sell out to the mass retailers because they're not doing the big old markup that these little shops did. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I digress. Gosh, I can't. I can't believe. Uh, it's like 
Ugh, you want to shop at the little shops, but then like you and you're you going to rip you off like that. That's yeah. what I mean. You know, when you hear that. All right. So if you've missed any part of tonight's show so far, you can go and check it out at the pop culture kaboom podcast presented by 97 to now productions. You can, and you're welcome. And you can find that wherever you get your favorite podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get new episodes as they come out, as well as bonus material, which will be available soon. Uh, so with that being said, uh, we'll be back shortly with our special guest, Holly Spar, who is the co-owner of Dark Corner Haunted House. So don't go anywhere on our Pop Culture Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And nothing exemplifies my fascination more than season two of Sci-Fi's Channel Zero, titled No End House of Haunted Attractions. Hey, did you guys ever see the uh, see that show? Yes. Channel no. Zero? Yeah. Channel Zero. <laughs> remember the second season? No yes. One. Okay. What, no End House was a, the whole season was about Haunted House. That appeared out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It was never in the same place e twice each year. Interesting. And it was it was a very it got kind of really heady towards the end. But yeah. original the original concept of it, like the first couple of episodes, I thought was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that brings me to Dark Corner Haunted House. It is an immersive experience filled with terrifying live actors, jaw dropping special effects, and menacing monsters. Rob and I and Spencer, who is currently maybe. Right. He got chased down the hallway, so I think he got eaten by the zombie, by the infected. <laughs> but uh, so that's why he's not here with us. I was lying that he is out doing something else. But anyway, uh, so Rob and I got to experience uh, uh, the media and VIP night on Wednesday. Yes. So I can attest that this is going to be great. And everybody, and here to tell you all about it is co-owner of Dark Corner Haunted House, Holly Spar. And how are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. So did you ever see the uh, um, Sci-Fi's Channel Zero? I did not. <laughs> oh, you should check that out. Rent it, or I mean, not rent I it, stream to. it. But it was really cool. Um, I think you would you would enjoy it being the owner of uh, or co owner of Dark Corner Haunted House because it's about a haunted. I'll house. look it up tonight. Um, so you uh, last year, uh, which was your first year, you, uh, the Dark Corner's Haunted House was voted Reno's best haunted attraction. Congratulations on that for last year. Nice. And uh, yes, thank you the, so much. You're welcome. We got to check it out this year, and uh, the Dark Corner Haunted House is at the National. National Bowling Stadium in downtown Reno. You can't miss it. I mean, you don't need, really need an address. Just look for the big silver ball, ball in yeah, the middle right. of downtown, and there, and there you go. Um, you have two separate haunted houses going on this year. So, you know, year two, twice the fun. Uh, 25,000 square feet of terror, multiple stories, over 80-plus live actors. Um, so how did you decide to go so big in your second year? Yes, we expanded so large this year. We are two haunted houses for the price of one, but you do travel throughout one giant cohesive storyline, which is where the first haunted house takes you through Dark Lane Mall, a play on Reno's old Park Lane Mall. We have a haunted retail space. We have plays on old 
um, mall stores. We have a rot topping instead of hot topic. We have block blister instead of block bluster. And as you travel throughout this condemned mall, you're trying to look for the freak show that's taken over. But you realize why the mall was condemned was because of this plant species that took over and is now causing the shadow plague infection. So as you yourself, as a patron through the haunted house, travel through the storyline, you become a member of the storyline. You are now infected with the shadow plague, which takes you to house two, our second haunted house, which is where, because of your shadow plague infection, if you've been anywhere in or around the old mall, we're going to have to scan you for a public health screening to make sure that, uh, you know, you're safe to be in the town of Dark Lane. So as you go to see Dr. Stain and you start to get your treatment, you realize you're so infected that, you know what, we might just have to, you might just have to end it all here for the sake of <laughs> sake of the town. We're going to have to get rid of you. But then we realize there's something more sinister going on outside the hospital, and they might have another storyline for you to get into. Uh, they, they might try to save you and have them join them and might be doing something a little more sinister with the, uh, the growth and infection and spread of the shadow plague itself. So come on down, downtown Reno at the National Bowling Stadium. We are a huge haunted house this year. It's two for the price of one. So many actors, so many scares. So much better than last year. Come see it. And you got this interesting thing going on called the VIP experience. Uh, with you, when you purchase a VIP ticket, you get to immediately skip everything from the going, and you get front of the line access. That includes a custom 2023 Dark Corner VIP badge and lanyard. And you get to go and check out the private horror art collection, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. Yeah, that was neat. So how did that... Uh, yeah, let me tell you a little more about it. Please. Yeah, VIP access um, pass will get you, like you said, that badge and lanyard, which will get you immediate access to the haunted houses. But... If you weren't to get immediate access and have to stand in line, because lines do get long, our haunted house is very popular and tickets are limited. So you want to get one now online to save your place in line. But outside is fun, too. If you're if you're stuck in line, we have outside line actors, DJs, clowns, fire dancers, the whole nine yards. But if you want to skip right in as a VIP, you get right into House 1. When you finish House 1, which is already a super long experience, you get to take a pause in our VIP lounge, which is a vintage room in the National Bowling Stadium called the Stadium Club, which has a beautiful view of downtown Reno, beautiful adorned pieces of furniture. We have a horror art gallery collection, which is our fine art gallery of... um, memorabilia we've collected over our lives and and we put it on display some of our higher quality pieces to tell you about it we have behind the scenes um films of us creating the haunted house on display we have vintage movies playing behind the bar beetlejuice it was the other day and you also get a free gift that's going to change every day of season it might be a free drink it might be a free t-shirt who knows you're going to get a free drink that night as a vip so vip tickets are 50 dollars online or 60 at the door if you'd like to experience it as a vip you can take the break in that lounge and get that treatment in between the two haunted houses at the end of both haunted houses or both times you can do unlimited time in that lounge as a vip to dark corner haunted house and this weekend was opening weekend you opened up on friday's september 29th and yesterday uh, september 30th how did it go it went great. Yes, we are open for Friday and Saturday night from 6 p.m. till midnight. It'll be those same hours this upcoming weekend, Friday and Saturday from 6 p.m. till midnight. It went great. I think we had about 200 patrons per night. We had so much fun. We had a guest slider out. We have traveling actors coming periodically throughout the week. If you're going to experience it with us this week, we have um, Jim Strange coming from New Jersey, a really talented performer. So, yes, any weekend you come, you're going to experience a new street performer. 
um, and a little something different. So come out this weekend from Friday and Saturday, 6.30 till midnight. And it is www.cornerhaunt.com if you want to go and pick up those tickets. If you want the VIP tickets, they are limited, so you definitely want to get them online now. And uh, you guys are only going to be open for 13 days this year. Uh, so two days are already up, so there's only 11 days left. Right. Um, so next weekend, the 6th, the 7th, then the day won't be open again until my birthday, Friday, October 13th, <laughs> and then on Saturday Ooh. the 14th. And so Saturday the 14th is going to be interesting, too, because it's going to be that Ring of Fire um, solar eclipse that will be going on Saturday morning. So Right? There's a lot of interesting days this month, not only with outside um, events like that, but also within our haunted house. We do have theme nights this month. So we're going to be doing something special Friday the 13th. We have an LGBTQ plus night. We have a um, we have all kinds of different themes nights um, this month. So you can check out our calendar online at darkcornerhaunt.com. Cool. And you're going to be a part of on. Uh, you're going to be open and part of the zombie crawl. That's the Reno zombie crawl. That's right. We're a stop on Reno zombie crawl, and we're also a part of Nightmare on Fourth Street, another event happening downtown Reno in participation with Pitchback Printing and a bunch of other businesses on Fourth Street. Um, so keep your uh, ears open for information on that as well. Nightmare on on Fourth Street isn't that just basically any Friday night in Reno? <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. Well, you just know, kidding, Reno. Trying to do events and, and brighten up the downtown scene. So although we are a spooky attraction downtown, it really does draw out um, families and a good audience to the sidewalks of downtown Reno. So it's safe and it's fun and it's a great place to be. Okay. And uh, some of the other special th- events going on, because uh, on the 19th is when you expand to three days, uh, being open Thursday the 19th through Saturday the 21st. And then the Saturday, Thursday the 26th is Day of the Dead Night. And then you're going to be open the 27th and 28th and then closed and only open again on Halloween night. Mm. So, uh, which is Tuesday, October 31st. And that is it until next year. But That's not it. really because you guys do a lot of stuff year round with uh, the um, uh, Dark Corners Haunted House, right? That's right. Our community sticks together all year round after spooky season's over. We spend the rest of the year out in the community. We've participated in all kinds of events this year. We were at Pride. We recently ran a blood drive. Um, We cleaned up uh, Whitaker Cemetery recently. And we do all kinds of things to keep our close-knit group of, um, we call it the Haunt Family. We keep our Haunt Family together doing fun things, helping the community, and developing our show for the next year all year long. Because we start developing our show for next year in February, and all of us local artists um, spend almost every day of the whole year prepping for these 13 awesome nights. And uh, when we were there on Wednesday, we shot video. Um, I just got done looking at it, uh, downloading it all, and taking a look at it. By the way, I need to send you the uh, pictures that I took. Um, don't, oh, please. I did not forget about that. Um, so I'll be sending those out uh, tomorrow. And it'll, so look at your email for a, uh, what is it? Dropbox link because there are so many that I took. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so video wise, I'll be having a video up on the YouTube channel. Uh, Spencer being chased by ghouls and goblins and all kinds of fun <laughs> creatures. That was a that was a fun thing to shoot. Um, and of course, the opening monologue is going to be an interesting one too. You guys got to check that out, which kind of sets up for the whole Spencer chase scene. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's gonna it was uh, lots of fun, and I ho- encourage everybody to go and check it out. It is the Dark Corner Haunted House, and it is at 
darkcornerhaunt.com. Um, so, y'all guys also did what are you going to do next year? Um, well, not this time of year because now it's actually turning into fall weather. Uh, but next spring or summer, are you guys going to do the clown car wash again? <laughs> you heard about that, huh? Oh, that I, so I actually, I, I was going <laughs> to attend it, but I'm like, I just couldn't get up to Reno. But I, yeah, I saw the pictures and everything. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, uh, uh, corner haunt and punk. Yeah, we did that with Punk Rock Flea Market as a fundraiser for our artistic punk rock communities of artists and makers and doers and weirdos in Reno. We came together as some soggy clowns to wash some cars and raise a few dollars for our art project. So if anyone listening is inspired to help um, sponsor anyone of the doer and maker community in Reno, like the Punk Rock Flea Market or us, like Dark Corner Haunted House, we are both looking for sponsors to do what we do best, which is create amazing immersive art experience for the public of Reno and to bring weirdos and artists together. Okay. Um, anything you want to add in closing? Um, so this year, I'm, I'm hoping you guys have a very successful year, a very successful run. Um, and you're already looking to next year, or are you going to save that for February? Oh, we have to go into quick hibernation in November and December, and then we'll we'll hatch out of the egg again and come up with our storyline <laughs> for next year. <laughs> Slip into a coma after spending like twenty four seven fixing up the right. House. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you take care, stay safe, stay healthy, and let everybody else know that you know the same thing. Everybody involved with the Dark Corners Haunted House. Again, if you want to go and check it out, darkcornerhaunt.com. They are live now. Well, not live, but mm-hmm. uh, they are active now, and they will be open on <laughs> yes weekend <laughs> October sixth and seventh is the next time they are open. Go check them out and get your tickets now, and they will be at the National Bowl. Stadium in Reno, Nevada, right downtown. I just look for the silver ball across from the Silver Legacy, actually. Ouch. That's right. <laughs> As I get clunked on the head. Um, so, uh, thank you for coming on and talking with us about that, Holly. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And you have a good evening. You have a good evening as well. All right. So, uh, any questions, Mark, about the. Uh, are you going to go? I don't know. Uh, you know, for me, I think the best haunted house that you could do in downtown Reno, uh, because it already sounds like they're trying to go, you know, touching on reality and immersive is, you know, it should include a homeless encampment where <laughs> where the homeless come at you. Well, it's so by four streets. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. You walk off the street where the they're bus all terminal, around you, you know, and like... then you walk in there and now you're actually getting accosted even more so. Uh, yeah, I think. uh <laughs> No, honestly, the actors that are in yeah, they were really like, good. Oh yeah, really, it was funny because really we got to go through when with all the lights off, mm-hmm. or, or I should oh. say on. Yeah, um, and it was um, called the art tour, so yes. you could actually see every, all the effort that they put into. Mm-hmm. And they had a, uh, every single room. They had a few actors, you know, just like out there. And I don't know, like, because we ended up going in separate groups, but like the group that I was with, there was um, this lady who she, she was probably about like because we were a group of eight, she was about like six person in or so. And they like the actor would occasionally like jump out at the first person. She was screaming at like every time that it jumped out at the first person. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then like the guy knew because like and they built so many immersive back walls that these guys like the same actor we saw in like six different scenes. Mm-hmm. And he just was going behind Oh, it's like have, the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. yeah, all these little <laughs> openings and everything to where they can like get you, and it was great because like that's what he was doing in the middle of the day, and it was just scaring this lady. To, it was like great. Yeah, yeah we, had, we had a guy like that in our group too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've actually done like as an actor, I've done it from that side, and 
uh, you know, there was one, I can't remember, Pirates of Emerson, I think is what it was called in the San Francisco Bay Area. And, you know, uh, it was cool because I would I was told, okay, here's where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Here's your scare points. Right. And so I had like four or five different points where I could do it. But for me, uh, walking through them isn't as in enjoying i'm i prefer like psychological scary than i do like jump scares Mm -hmm. um and so because 99 percent of the time with the jump scares i'm just like hi (laughs) you know so for me it's uh, and i have a little one who i'm not gonna take because she's way too little right right and so that's where it's like uh Probably not going to spend the money on it this year, but uh, what's good? Who about, would enjoy it? I'm going to tell you what's good about this one is, is that all is that the jump scares don't all involve actors. Yeah, there's a lot, of and stuff that's going all I'm going to say. Because like, <laughs> they do have animatronics. Nice. They have animatronics. They have other pneumatic things, and yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the video, Lights, the video I shot because yeah. I shot a video of um, Rob and Spencer doing a walkthrough of it with mm-hmm. the lights off. Um, and so, that was about they didn't even have all the rooms like completely filled with their actors. No. So, so but uh, yeah, right, Rob jumped a couple of times and then Spencer would like drift back like a good six, seven feet as, as Rob would get near a corner. Spencer kept getting further and further away from him until they got oh, around see, the a corner. A good scarer knows to wait. You see that, right? And you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to get the first one. I'm going to get the guy in the middle. See, anytime I'm mm-hmm. in a group, usually, uh, you know, this time around, I, I wasn't because I was letting Spencer go ahead and yeah. front because I was watching, looking at everything because I really like horror and Halloween stuff, deco. So I was looking at everything and sure. taking pictures of stuff and everything. So, But usually when I go through these things, everybody pushes me out into the front because I, I don't get to, I'm like you, I don't, the jump scare really don't affect me yeah. i usually laugh or i'm like oh that's really cool and i'm like stop it man you're messing up my thing because mm-hmm. you're getting too close and like overly examining i'm supposed to be scaring you so everybody pushes me go ahead and go and like everybody's behind me like a mm-hmm. scooby-doo cartoon or something but no it's <laughs> so. more effective though as mark was saying is if you're if you actually get the person in the middle mm-hmm. you know yeah but uh so i forgot where i was going with that but anyway so <laughs> Yeah, it was a. I think it was a fun thing to go through yeah. again this year. I think no, I, I enjoyed myself very much. Improved over last year, so um, definitely if you're in the Reno area, go check it out. And speaking of checking things out, we'll be checking out movies when we get back with Mister Tony Sanfilippo from Filippo's Horrible Reviews. So don't go anywhere. More Puckle Chicka Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film Powers That Be release dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except here. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected for genres that I would watch, and those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards, but Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's horrible reviews is and you can catch all of tony sanfilippo's reviews of concerts television shows and movies at filippo's horrible reviews and how are you sir oh i'm doing good today buddy there the broncos passing <laughs> one i i did now i can't believe that they won we left uh jamie and i left to go eat lunch because it was 28 to 7 and i was like i'm done watching <laughs> you know what and uh Went and had lunch, and it's like, okay, well, they scored, and they scored again, and they scored again, and as we were leaving, uh, 
uh, Jersey Mike's, this guy's like, oh, my God, the Broncos won. <laughs> I was like, whoa. All right, huh? So much for the Caleb Williams draft. <laughs> It's a women's Not, streak now. Woo. Oh, yeah, one. Woo, okay. Woo, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Then we go to the Jets, who are actually playing quite well against the Chiefs tonight. Mm-hmm. And then we got the Chiefs twice in a three-week span. So I don't Oof. think the winning uh, culture is going to last too long. But it was nice to uh, be on the winning end. Of, of is this going to be finally. the start of the Taylor Swift curse on the Chiefs? Uh, no, because yes, they won last so. week. Mm-hmm. Yes, but now is the, the NFL the invited her to any game. This they they're like you were invited to any game anywhere. Well, for the last game saw the highest yeah, numbers. Exactly, it the, was the highest number the rated game. And, yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's dating what that kid at tight end too. Kelsey. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm a Jaguars one in say, London. So I was happy. Did about you watch? That. Did you watch the real game or did you the watch Toy the Toy Story version? Game. Was awesome. <laughs> yeah, the Toy Story version. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. Fun. I couldn't it's believe it. Plus, I I was like, how is this? Like I, I want to see the behind the scenes on how they created and did that because it was so amazing. What are you talking about? Okay, so they hooked up the players, and they—I don't know with what technology, but I know that they hooked them up with some sort of like, you know, like the game Light technology, or yeah, something. something like that. And then they animated them. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it was all done in the style of Toy Story, like yeah. Pixar, and yeah. so you'd have like aliens flying around on on UFOs around the field and. Yeah, it was insane. You it's need not, to watch it. Yeah. What, what game was this? That was this morning. Yeah, the, Jags, the Jags. Yeah, the yeah. Jags. Really? Falcons. It was on yeah. that Disney Plus. Yeah, I did it was not really well this. done. Like Slinky Dog was their uh, their Dog. their first and ten marker. Wow. So he'd go up and down. There was no like voice acting to it, but it was Sunday football. It was pretty entertaining. <laughs> oh, if they were all running like Woody from Toy Story, yeah. I mean, little yeah. cars flailing. <laughs> well, well, that's like they had like a couple of your Jaguars would go running, and they'd, they'd have the streak, the little fire streaks coming out of their feet as they're running. Yeah, or when they were so, passing, it, it would look like a you know cannon launch. Jeez. All right. Yeah. See, that's what they should do with, like, the, the cruddy games of the week, right? Like, the Bears and Broncos, <laughs> that should have been the Toy Story games. So you got to take the dump fire games and make those the entertaining ones, you know? Because uh, uh, your Jags are no longer a dump fire, man. They're actually, they're a good team. Not really. They're up and down team. They they won the, <laughs> they, they won this week, but then they got, the, uh, they got the Bills next week in London again. So they're just staying there, you know. I guess they're the London Jaguars now. I don't know. So they're 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 there for two weeks. Yeah, that Khan family, they have some type of deal with that, man. Hey, but on the plus note, they are undefeated in London. They have not lost a game since playing there. Well, hopefully that streak stays alive next week when they yeah. face the Bills. Yeah, I know. Next week is a tougher one. That is a tougher challenge next week. Yeah, is that, hopefully, the, 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 hopefully the Bills will have a little jet lag. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so here on the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show for the movies, we utilize a carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture Kaboom movie rating system. If it seems worth watching in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see in a theater. If it's worth seeing in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it seems worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is deemed so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. So we got five movies for you this week. And I'm going to start by throwing the proverbial dart at the dartboard here. And let's start off with this one. Uh, Vindicta. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and it's one sentence synopsis. A young paramedic tries to survive her first night on the job as a mass killer remains on loose. That's literally yep. the entire yeah. synopsis right there. So uh, in this thriller with society on the verge of collapse, there is rioting, arson, vandalism, murder. Oh, wait, no, it's apparently just Chicago on any given weekend. The main protagonist has her first day on the job, but it's hard to believe she's a paramedic. The trailer gives the impression that her and her partner are arson investigators or more, more than paramedics as she is stalked by the most vision-impaired mask I have ever seen on a movie villain. Seriously, how is this Michael Myers meets the Purge wannabe even supposed to see anything? I guess I know why he isn't even walking in the trailer and constantly turning his head at odd angles. And for making me wonder how anyone could function in that kind of a mask, I give it a touch brown. Tony, what say you? Uh, looks like a young paramedic needs to survive a riot, and there's a psycho leading the mob wearing a Caesar's Palace statue mask, which is, I guess, a different type of mask. You can't, can you see in this thing? I guess if you're going to go for a killer, uh, it looks like it's a little psychological thriller or more in the vein of Scream. Like, it's not supernatural. Um, it's just a girl who looks terrified and must survive and ends up being the Sydney Prescott in what they probably hope is a franchise. The movie actually doesn't look too bad. It just it doesn't look like it'll be going to theaters. It looks like it's headed straight to streaming. I think I saw Paramount on it, so I'll assume it's Paramount Plus. But you know what? It didn't look half bad, and I do like Scream movies, and I do like those types of quote-unquote horror, um, even though it's really just a thriller. So I would give it a blah. Okay. Rob, what say you? Uh Yes. Uh, Cupid from Valentine is back. Oh wait, no. Um, <laughs> that's exactly that's a good one. That good. Um, but no, he it, it actually seems an interesting movie. It has a it has a decent premise. I've actually seen a, a few of the past ones that Paramount put out, kind of low key, and they were actually pretty good. They had a good suspense to them. So I'm hoping this one does too. Um, it's kind of purgy, but. Not really. Like, it's weird. It has, like, a Purge vibe, but not really too purgy. Um, I love those movies, too, so I don't know. <laughs> like, so for me, it's going to be a blah. Okay. And, Mark, what say you? Well, thanks for stealing my thunder. Uh, so <laughs> so is this The Purge meets Halloween? And, and again, you covered that. Uh, however, they did bring out some star power in Jeremy Pivens and Sean Astin. <coughs> um, but, alas, uh, I have no interest. Touch Brown. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tony, what, what is next? Oh, let's go down Desperation Road, shall we? Okay. It's in a small... Okay, okay, man. Okay, let's go small here. Mississippi town. I, I'm getting into the characters <laughs> for this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a small Mississippi town, justice and the law are two very different things. Academy Award winner Mel Gibson, Garrett Hundlin, and Willa Fitzgerald star in a modern noir thriller based on the acclaimed novel by Michael Ferris Smith about two lost souls tortured by the mistakes of their past and bound by a secret that keeps them running. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the secret is a gun. It's a gun. Is it a spoiler? Okay. It's that prominent? I know. Right. <laughs> it's in the trailer. We can't, we can't have that gun the around here. The whole trailer you know was about the gun. <laughs> um, Riggs is retired, and he was wishing that Murtaugh was, would be joining him because now they're both too old for this. You know what I can't say on the air. Uh, what happened to Mel Gibson? He used to be a big Hollywood box office guy. 
oh, that's right, he was blacklisted. Now he's a lower budget, direct to streaming movies, but that's not always a bad thing. At least he's still working, and he's still rocking that beard for what seems like multiple movies that we've reviewed on this show. But in this trailer, the rundown is basic. His son screws up, he's on the road to redemption, and he meets a blonde girl and makes a really stupid decision, and instead of going to the authorities, she takes this gun... And it's linked to a murder. Then she gets involved with Mel Gibson's son. And now they're both on the run. Then they involve Mel Gibson. Now he has to lie to his cop buddy. And it just seems like bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. But you know what bad decision I'm not going to make? Watching this movie. So, touch brown for me. Okay. Tony, got to have a TV. All right. Well, if the trailer doesn't sum up the, uh, the this movie for you, or actually if the synopsis doesn't sum up this movie for you, the trailer that pretty much tells you the entire movie from beginning to end does. I quite frankly have no desire to watch a group of people make one stupid mistake after another, but that's what it seems like this movie wants you to do. And on top of that, root for them, which I'm not about to do. Kind of like my thoughts on watching this movie, I'm not about to do that either. So I'm giving it a touch brown also. Mark, what say you? Yeah, I'm not going to waste any time here. You guys have said pretty much everything I've thought, so touch brown. (laughs) (laughs) Triple B! Rob, what say you? Um, yes, have you ever wanted to hear Mel Gibson do a southern accent? No, neither no. did I. No. Um, I was doing one? I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh my god, it was terrible. So bad. It was so, oh my god. This, and this was like the worst paced trailer I think I've ever seen. I was like almost put to sleep. Mm-hmm. I was like, this movie is so boring. And they're making such stupidly bad decisions with their it lives. It was just boring. I was like, come on. Um, yeah, touch brown. Okay, the first brown streak in a while. There we go. So up next is Monsters of California. Okay. Monsters. After discovering research left behind by a missing government agent, Dallas Edwards and his misfit high school friends embark on a righteous and dangerous adventure. Righteous? To uncover <laughs> a... See, this is what happens when you don't read the synopsis until you go on the air. I'm like, righteous? What the? Uncover a a paranormal conspiracy in Southern California that brings them face-to-face with some of the government's most guarded mysteries. Why did this movie feel like a Shaggy from Scooby-Doo origin story? Now that... Now that that is in your head, try watching the trailer and not thinking that. Starts off about UFOs and talks about ghosts and back to UFOs. And I got ADHD just from the trailer. Though it does like, though it does look interesting, it stirs off, steers off course way too many times in just a two minutes and 21 second trailer to hold my interest for very long. I will have her watch this because it has that weird Scooby-Doo Stranger Things vibe, but not anywhere near a theater. So I'm giving it a blah. Tony, what say you? Yeah, what do you get when you take the main star of Starship Troopers, a side character on Spin City, and have it directed by one of the singers of Blink-182? Well, Monsters of California, bro. Totally righteous adventure. Uh, surprise, it's about UFOs, which if anyone knows, Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 is a serious fan of. In fact, I, I read that he, when he left the band, he co-founded an organization called To The Stars that in 2020 was instrumental in the release of government videos featuring footage of unidentified aerial phenomena or maybe that weird little alien from Mexico. I thought you were going to, I thought thought you were going to say he was instrumental in forming the raid on, on area 51. Was it the thing from Mexico, like food or something? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
anyways, um, he comes and directs this movie. Um, I think the trailer looks enticing. Um, I like that it takes a horror twist, the Blink-182 song, Aliens Exist. Um, it looks entertaining for sure. I actually didn't know about this movie until I watched the trailer, and you mentioned it last week. I don't know if it's coming to theaters, but if it is, I'd give it a so-so. Um, oh. It actually looks like a fun movie. I, I'd, I'd go see it. It looked good. Okay. Rob, what say you? Yes. Um, it was, I don't know, I'm not a big like alien type person. But then they kind of threw in this weird paranormal, there's ghosts. So I was kind of a little confused on this, if it was UFOs or like ghosts. like werewolves or something, too. Or something. I, I wasn't quite sure. And then it was like a Bigfoot in one part. I, was, I wasn't quite sure. I think that was supposed to be um, a werewolf. But, I think, but, like, it, but then I was like, oh, it's called Monsters of California. So maybe it's all these monsters. And then that's what the big conspiracy was, is that the UFOs that like they're dropping off Bigfoot or something like, um, I, I wasn't quite sure where the, where the movie was going, but it looks intriguing enough. It doesn't look to be horror movie ish. Um, especially coming from like somebody from blink One Eighty Two. Um, so I'm going to go with the blah. Okay. And, uh, so, and, uh, Rob's making UFOs, uh, Sasquatch's Ubers. <laughs> so what say you, Mark? I, I gotta ask this question because no one else said this, but, who in their right mind is going to hide their secret government info in old porn mags? <laughs> yeah. uh, Southern I, I California guess righteous dudes. I guess he expected his son to be gay. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So uh, aside from the good music in the trailer, it seems to, I feel like, give the entire plot and synopses away. Like, do I need to spend the money to go see this? Uh, I think the trailer was good enough. So I'm giving it a touch, Brown. Okay. Eric said he just, uh, during this whole conversation, he just went to check out the trailer. And you're right, Jimmy. You do get the Scooby-Doo theme. I can't get, you do get, you can get the Scooby-Doo theme out of my head. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So what is next, Tony? Let's do, I guess, I might butcher the name of it, but is it Aberrant? Good Aberrant. enough for me. I don't know. When city dwellers Akeem, Akimi, and Celine, I'm so sorry. The names are bad. I'm going to call them Irk and Celine. Yeah, I can't say that. It doesn't matter anyways. I don't think anyone's going to watch this no, thing. Urkel and Celine. When city dwellers Urkel and Celine arrive at an old cabin deep in the Mongolian wilds of forbidding settles over the couple. Urkel desire to provide a safe and nutrient base for his artistic wife is at odds with the violent actions and mannerisms their quizzical neighbor observes. At this neighbor digs deeper for the reason behind the aberrant behavior, only more questions and trouble arise. All right, before you get into it, Tony. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh that's all right. Brutal. Uh, before you get into it, though, it is time about time close enough for us to be taking a hard break. So I didn't want you to get into your synopsis or your, your thoughts okay. on it. It's time to do the Urkel. I yeah. <laughs> oh, that is just wrong. Terrible, terrible. Wow, my eyes. Mark was doing the dance in in studio. And well, th it, thanks I'm for the blind. reason for thanks for the reason for me to see my therapist. I did. I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll get to Tony's thoughts on 
aberrance when we get back. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show with Tony Sanfilippos. Filippo's Horrible Reviews as we go over this week's movie offerings. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we are going over movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. And so far we have covered Vindicta, which uh, Tony and Rob gave it a blah, and Mark and I gave it a touch brown. Desperation Road, which was just a big brown streak. Everybody gave it a touch brown. Monsters of California. Uh, and uh, Tony gave it a so-so. Rob and I gave it a blah, and Mark gave it a touch brown. You're flatlining this week, Mark. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'll touch brown so far. And uh, Tony just got done reading us the uh, the synopsis for Appearance, which we couldn't really get through very well because, well, uh, we had to change the names because <laughs> they're unpronounceable. So let me give it a shot real quick with the new names, and uh, we'll go from there. When city dwellers Urkel and Celine arrive at a, an old cabin deep in the Mongolia, wilds, a foreboding settles over the couple. Urkel's seemingly keen desire to provide a safe and nurturing space for his uh, I was about to say autistic artistic wife is at odds with the violent actions and mannerisms their quizzical neighbor observes as the neighbor digs deeper for the reason behind the abhorrent uh, hey see it's in the title behavior only more questions and trouble arise and now we get to Tony's thoughts on this Tony's thoughts on this. Tony, you got to unmute your phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought I unmuted it. I was like, well, okay. Well, you didn't hear me laughter in the Urkel time. <laughs> anyway, so the trailer started out a little different to pull you in. It had a little bit of that Soundgarden Black Hole Sun vibe with the red filter, but that's the only comparison I could give it to that because. It was the same weird sound over and over and over. It sounded like spoons tapping on something. <laughs> it just showed this girl standing in the woods, staring at a camera, freaking out. And then there's some jelly-looking blood that she slips on. And somebody's over a sinkhole. And then I'm like, is the cameraman, is he the antagonist here? Because uh, every time that camera's looking at him, they run. Mm -hmm. uh, the trailer ran way too long for me, and it lost my interest. So it just... I'm sure, like, now matching with the Urkel synopsis, it definitely did not match what the trailer was. So <laughs> I don't know what the heck's going on. Got to give this one a touch brown. Okay. I just watched a music video with the worst music. No dialogue, no tangible plot line, just images thrown at you like a college film project that was brainstormed in less than 10 minutes and filmed in less than an hour with no script. Touch brown. Mark, what say you? <laughs> I'm so confused. Is this a comedy? Uh, people slipping in pools of blood? It just, it was enjoyable. Uh, however, not a single line of dialogue. Just a couple of random screams. Uh, touch brown. Okay. Rob, what say you? Uh, yeah, this one that you made us watch. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Happy Halloween. <laughs> um, and, yeah, no, touch brown. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, huh? All right, that's that one. All right, which brings us to the 400-pound gorilla in the room this week, which is The Exorcist Believer. 
Since the death of his pregnant wife in a Haitian earthquake 12 years ago, Victor Fielding has raised their daughter, Angela, on his own. But when Angela and her friend Catherine disappear in the woods only to return three days later with no memory of what happened to them, it unleashes a chain of events that will force Victor to confront the Nadar Nadir? of evil and in his, what does that word even mean and in his terror and desperation seek out the only person alive who has witnessed anything like it before chris mcnally mcneil okay <laughs> oh, McNally. McNally. i don't know where i got mcnally from <laughs> suddenly they joined an irish mafia i don't know what's i think going that on was there. the future rama no Anyway, uh, so let me just get this out of the way right off the bat. I am not a fan of supernatural horror. However, the sequel plays homage to the original Exorcist, even bringing back the mom from the original Exorcist with the go big or go home mentality with they have two girls possessed instead of one. As they do the typical demonic digression, it is said that in order to help them, they would have to use exorcism rituals from all cultures. Okay. Suddenly, I see in the in my mind the scene from on airplane where everyone was in line to calm the lady one that one lady passenger down. I could just see this Congo line of like different religions going in there to do exorcism rituals. But anyway, I digress. I, I do think this will make a fine addition to the jump scare drinking game. And if you are into possession movies, this really does look like it might be worth your money in the theater. If you go and feel I'm wrong, you can always scare the person in the seat in front of you. That's always a fun thing to do. But I got to refer back to the beginning of this rant and it's supernatural horror but it does look good enough for me to give it a blah yeah. so tony what say you well the original exorcist was creepy as heck when i was little uh the trailer starts out like it's going to be a thriller when two kids go missing but then they're found and it turns out they're possessed by the devil and they're both required to go through an exorcism so now they go back with some original characters to try to provide an exorcism i always love that bloom house is doing these kind of continuations of classic franchises. Um, really like that they do that. Um, they do a really good job for the most part. Uh, this movie looks definitely creepy. It's coming out at the perfect time of the season. Um, you normally don't get me to say too many good things about a horror movie because it's not always my favorite genre. But um, this is definitely a movie I know Jamie Anna will not go see, so I'm not going to be able to get her to go with me to it. But uh I expect a lot of jump scares aplenty. This one looks good to me, and I would go see it. So uh, I'm going to give this one a good and make this a rare occurrence where I've given at least every movie this week a good, a so-so, a blah, and a touch crack to get all categories this week. All That's right. a rarity. I don't uh, usually do that. No, you don't. So as you cover the spectrum, we go to Rob. And Rob, what uh, do you say? Yes, actually, um, this one looks uh, amazing. Um, I enjoy the um, Exorcist movies, even the uh, two that they did at the same time that were competed against each other called the same movie, Exorcist <laughs> the Beginning. Um, <laughs> they were edited slightly different, so they were two different movies. But um, I enjoy the Exorcist movies. These are ones that my wife actually will go see. So <laughs> she doesn't really like horror movies. She doesn't like to be scared, but she likes ah. the possession type movies. Um, I like the premise of this, how, um, I don't know, I can't remember if it was in this one or not, this trailer, because I've seen so many of the trailers, but um, that one of this, that part of the premise is that you can only save one of the girls. Oh, yeah, it wasn't in this video. Yeah, so I'm like, ooh, okay, so you have to make a decision. One of the girls is going to die. Like, that's, 
that's not good for movies to kill off a kid. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. So I'm kind of intrigued to see how they're going to go about that. Uh, but for me, it's a good Irish coin toss. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually already have my movie tickets. So, oh, okay. For well, me, it's a good. Well, next week I expect a review. Okay. All right, Mark. What say you? Oh Clear- wait, what'd you give it? So you give it a good. Yes, thing. a good. All right. So, Mark, what say you? Clearly pulling on those nostalgia strings. However, <laughs> if you haven't seen the original, this may not work. Great to see the fantastic Leslie Odom Jr. of Hamilton fame. But ultimately, am I going to keep the streak alive? I give it a blah. Wow. Oh, <laughs> stepping up. Ooh. All right, so that finishes it off. So the Exorcist re- um, Believer gets a, a good end from Tony and Rob. A blah from Mark and I as the 400-pound gorilla. La, la, la. So I picked right this week when I said that that one was mm-hmm. going to be the... 400-pound Vindicta, which started us off. Tony and Rob gave it blahs. Mark and I gave it a touch brown. Desperation Road was a big brown streak. Monsters of California. Tony gave it a so-so. I and Rob gave it a blah, and Mark gave it a touch brown. Abhorrence uh, was abhorrent, and uh, all of us gave it a touch brown. And Exorcist Believer, I just said. So next week, um, we will be reviewing movies that will be coming out around my birthday, (laughs) which is 15 Cameras, Dear David... Heard like or heard a cow. Okay. Once a once once within a time, and the elderly. <laughs> Those are the movies um, that are going to be competing with. We already had old Taylor people. Swift. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's really nothing next week. Isn't yeah. Well, well yeah, because nobody. Well, look at Exorcist. Even like moved their date to the six because of it. <laughs> which I would yeah, rather go see the Exorcist and Taylor TV. Swift, but that's me. Yeah. So. And why would you want to go watch a concert video in a movie theater? I mean, just go to the Because you can't afford to go see her live. <laughs> Good point. Good and point. they're doing these things at the movie theaters where, like, you can rent the entire auditorium for it. Hmm. So you have all your friends. You can you kind of have your own private concert. Except and not. You know, <laughs> and do you know, she takes over, too. So she's all over tonight's Jet Chiefs game. Little, oh. They don't even pan over. Literally right next to her is Deadpool and Wolverine. You got Ryan Reynolds <laughs> and Hugh Jackson just right next to her. They don't even mention that, oh, no. that they're freaking there. You got Deadpool and Wolverine it's the right Taylor, freaking the, it, there. They, they call it the Taylor Swift effect. It like Whenever she has a concert, it brings like some a ridiculous amount of revenue to the cities. Like it's it's unreal. I I don't get it. I really don't. It's Taylor Swift. I don't know. All right. So we got a little bit of time, Tony. Um so I don't know if you've been keeping up with things or um, or have you with anything that's been going on. Uh, with... I've, I've, I've only watched one new episode of Ahsoka, so I'm still way behind. Okay. But I still know what's going on, so we could still discuss. Okay. It's totally fine. Well, um, let me see. Thrawn has his uh, uh, Death Troopers, so mm-hmm. that's going on. He's headed on his way back to the main galaxy. Um, Ezra is uh, doing... Uh, uh, force, force, uh, Jackie Chan stuff because um, he doesn't have a lightsaber. And <laughs> he brought the force kick to life. Oh, you know what? Uh, actually, what? Uh, well, you, you can remember into... the force kick, right? The force kick, no. From Return of the Jedi, uh... when they're on the barge and Luke kicks the guy, but he never. He has like eight mm. feet of space mm-hmm. between him and the guy because <laughs> oh, he used the force. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, but that actually... was the joke is that it was the force kick. But Ezra actually does the force kick. Well, actually, what Ezra <laughs> does is uh, what's con- called a terracasa. 
yeah, uh, which is the uh, uh, martial arts form for, of Jedi. for yeah. Jedi. So, and actually, if you played Star Wars Galaxies video yep. game, you have to become a Terracasa before you become a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So, which is, I thought that was really interesting that they went that far. I thought it was interesting how he blocked uh, Sabine's lightsaber. Not Sabine, whatever that that other character's name. That um, chick. When she went to take a swipe at him, and uh, he, Shin. And, he, and mm-hmm. she's, he's got his hands out, and you see the the, the energy wave, off yeah. the blade mm-hmm. start going backwards. I thought that was really cool. I like how she just ran. Like, she's yeah, just like, well, I would too. Yeah, like, but it was like great because she had this look of like, all right, I'm de- I'm gonna defeat bye. Like, <laughs> picked up her ball and went home. Yeah, I don't want to play no more. Um, so, and then Ahsoka shows up, and of course, you know, they have that stupid dog mount thing hiding. It's like really. Yeah, it's like the cowardly lion from <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Put him up, put him up. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, they put him in a pod and mm-hmm. uh, sealed it up with a, uh, those little crab people they were traveling mm-hmm. with. So the, the hermit crabs. The, yeah. wonder, what are they called? The netty? I don't know, but they remind me of those things from uh, Fifth Element. Remember the little things that were like walking like that in the beginning? Mm-hmm. And they had the key. But anyway, I digress. Um, so that's been interesting. Uh, they got finally got the uh, um, Swordman Village arc for uh, Demon Slayer on Netflix. So I've been binging that since last night. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little tired. <laughs> Staying up late <laughs> trying to watch all 11 episodes of that. Um, I, I, it's, it gets to the point I'm like okay this is going to be the last episode but they leave it on such a cliffhanger it's like okay I gotta see what's going to happen next uh, no no I gotta this has got to be the last one no, what about Loki coming up this week oh yeah that comes mm-hmm. out Thursday. on the 5th oh, Thursday the 5th in the last episode last episode of Ahsoka is um, on aren't they doing the I, last I heard it's actually going to be released Tuesday they're going to follow the same according uh, to what I read this morning yeah it's, it's Thursday it's Thursday October 5th. at 9pm okay. Eastern, so 6 p.m. Pacific. Mm-hmm. Okay, because like I had heard that they were actually going to like do it exactly like Ahsoka and have it released on Tuesday. That was the article I read on Friday. So mm. I don't think I they want I think they want to let Ahsoka play out before they do it. Mm-hmm. I think they might. They, they might have the first one on Thursday and then move it to Tuesday. Yeah, after Ahsoka's over with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, you want to see Rebels get together? They probably will. Um, they're pushing all of this towards a Thrawn movie when he gets to the main galaxy. And starts his onslaught or whatever, but ah, spoiler alert: if, if this does lead into the sequels, then obviously it fails because the New Republic is still around. <laughs> when uh, um, I don't you know. know if you remember, but Dave Filoni is directing a yes. film, a feature film, and yep. that, that is, it's going to bring yep. everything together—the yep. Mando universe—and yeah, it's yeah. tying everything in. So you might see the uh, all the rebels get together and 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 all be on the uh, ghost during that battle. Um, they also plan on using the uh, Judd Law um, skeleton crew as part of Jude whatever. As part of that's what you get when you have a goofy name; it gets misspelled, kind of like Mandalorian when uh, the way Eric spelled it here. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Well, it's true. Um, so that that's interesting. What else is going on with uh, things? Um, I don't know. I've been watching the swarm. The Swarm? Yes, on the CW. It's about this virus that's in the ocean that's affecting everything globally. And it's causing, like, humpback whales to attack. Like, you know, like, kind of the, the real life now we have the killer whales attacking the ships. Mm-hmm. These humpback whales are jumping out of the ocean and landing on the boats and crushing them. And, yeah, <laughs> they're going nuts. And people are dying from this, like, plague and... From it, yeah. Wow. Kind of interesting. It's a global, it's one of those global movies, so it has one, those casts from all over the world. Hmm. So part of it's in different languages and stuff, so it's kind of cool. So I guess sushi has been banned in that series. 
I don't know. <laughs> the, well, that, what happened was is the, in the first one, it, it all started with the lobster. The lobster like exploded on this guy, and he got sick. And then everybody a who lobster actually exploded touched... like a suicide bomber or what? Yeah, no, it was like it was weird. It was like, yeah, basically it was. If when you watch it, it was like the the lobster knew it was going to get cooked and like went psh, and like shot this stuff out at the guy. And then later the guy got sick, and everybody who touched the lobster got sick. And then they found out that the chick put it in the uh, disposal. And now it's in the water supply. Yeah, uh, that's chemical right. warfare. Now Eric can't make fun of me for uh, my, how I pronounce con names, or actually, <laughs> <laughs> I just got him on the Mandalorian story. Yeah. All right, Tony. Well, hey, th- sir. Always a pleasure to have you on. Awesome. Yeah, I always love being on the show, guys. I look forward to next week. And yes, uh, this is great. I didn't have to work tonight, so there's no like me. Like trying to help somebody to finish up tonight. So this is good. <laughs> no, no, no weird um, no weird radio like messages. No. Yeah, there's one coming out. It's clear. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> so, uh, so who do you go? Who does the Broncos have next week? Uh the Jets Monday night oh, yeah. football. Oh, oh fun. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And the Jets are beating so, the Chiefs right now, huh? Yeah, well, I think the last I looked, they were tied. Let me check this. I, I gotta check this out ahead. now. Did they pull a hat trick? Oh, uh, Chiefs are ahead, twenty three twenty with six minutes left. Ooh, that's yeah. a close game. Yeah. Well, now they're gonna yeah, pull, now close. they're gonna pull hey, away. I'll be happy. I'll be happy if the Jets beat the Chiefs. That, that helps us in our division. So will I. Uh, but it also gives them confidence going into your game, though. So that doesn't really help. Oh, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would make it. It would make it the blow less hard if we lost to the Jets if the Chiefs also lost to them. Yeah, that's true. It's like, you know, yeah, you lost to them too, so you're good. All right, Tony, we got to call it quits here. It is the top of the hour. All right. And uh, when we get back, it'll be our big interview with Dustin Ferguson. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show coming up right after this. Later. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. I can do a three-hour show every week, and it would take me months to cover every aspect of the film career of our special guest, Mr. Director Dustin Ferguson. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic now that I'm here. How are you? (laughs) I'm great, and welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. (laughs) Thank you. Your 140th film, which has been covered by Dread Central, Bloody Disgusting, Movie Web, Horror Fuel, and Horror Cult Films in the UK, is set for release this Halloween at a special red carpet world premiere at the Frida Cinema in Santa Ana, California. And that is the film, and that film is the remake of the 1967 cult classic titled Spider Baby or the maddest story ever told. And last time we talked to you, you were getting ready to go into production for it. So now the production end of it is done. Um, Now it's just uh, getting it all cleaned up and finished up. And you've got a special Kickstarter kind of, is it? Nope, an Indiegogo going on for that um, for people if they want to contribute to being part of the uh, Spider Baby remake. Yes, exactly. It's the finishing funds campaign because yeah, like you said, we're showing it on Halloween night. So not not that too far off. Um, but I I was looking over some of the uh, bundles and packages that you have and the perks uh, going mm. into this, and some of them are really really interesting. And they kind of um, 
dovetail into the uh, uh, VIP package. And the VIP package will include a limo ride to the premiere. Uh, the premiere includes a director introduction, cast and crew Q&A, and a merch table. So they get their own merch table? Or <laughs> oh no, they're like um, <laughs> that's part of the the whole show. Yeah, like we'll have a pop up merch table at the end, like selling you know my movies and stuff. Uh, and a red carpet event with a professional photographer, and yeah. uh, and that red carpet world premiere, of course, is Halloween night at the Frida Cinema in Santa Ana, California, and it starts at six p.m. So, um, so but there's all kinds of different uh, things that people can hop on here for. You can be an, uh, an accredited associate producer. Uh, an accredited co-producer and we're in an accredited producer bundle as well. So, um, yeah. the, but that VIP package, there's only one of, so if you want to grab that and have a special evening with Mr. Dustin Ferguson for the premiere of spider baby, but that of course is not the only film you've been working on. Um, you have some other interesting stuff. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course not. Like I said, I could make a show off of everything that you do. Um, but the Spider Baby remake is kind of like a, the one of the biggest ones to date. Oh, and by the way, um, if you go off of uh, Dustin Ferguson's Facebook page, pretty much every day is a new little bit nugget of information. And so congratulations. You've got an 80% um, Rotten Tomatoes rating on uh, your film. Um yeah, beyond the gates of hell, yeah. at eighty percent. Uh, which, uh, when I t- t- mentioned that to Rob before we started the show, he looked it up. So I think he's going to be going to <laughs> right? check out your movie. movie. My movie got one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and uh, interesting. Oh, uh, we have a special guest and uh, co-host in the uh, studio today, Mark Helton from ninety-seven and Now Productions. Say hi, Mark. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And. Um, so here's an, here's the interesting thing about Dustin Ferguson. He's uh, what about a little over ten years that you've been uh, um, direct doing movies. Fifteen, exactly. About fifteen years. Um, it's kind of a, a the American dream story because he went from basically owning a video store to now being his movie career is a whole section in a video right? store. <laughs> it could be its own video store. Yeah, uh, 140 <laughs> films. That's that's quite the uh, anthology. Yeah, so it is his own video front. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's a really inter- it's really cool and it's been fascinating to watch his career cuz I started talking to him um and interviewing him when he was still back in his uh where he's from Nebraska and yeah. when he still owned the video store and he had just gotten started mm-hmm. and so that's how long I've known Mr. Dustin Ferguson and to watch yeah, his career. Dang, yeah, that's almost enough content to start your own streaming service. I know, right? <laughs> right? He did. Oh, actually. I have a new, I, he, yeah, he I does. Have like two different streaming services. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, heck, there we go. <laughs> and not only that, he has his own studio now yep. in uh, in mm-hmm. Los Angeles as well. I tried to talk him into building one here. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Studio B. Studio B. Studio B. <laughs> yeah, you have to have the Studio B up here. Um, actually, get with Jeremy Renner because he's looking at right. trying to do that. He wants to bring a, a Hollywood studio yep. up here to, to northern northern Nevada. So oh, There you go. There, you might have a partnership there. Yeah, he lives there. here, so you got like that connection. Yeah, yeah. So and a place to stay, too. Um, so you got all of that going on. And, of course, you have going on also this month is the third annual Cropsey's Creepy Con. Um, yeah, which is um, um, and uh, something that you know, given your stature and and everything that you've done, this is still a free to the general public uh, horror con. 
which is really cool. Yeah, you know, I always, it kind of goes hand in hand with my films. You know, I'm always involving lots of different people in my movies, kind of like a community affair. And it's the same thing. Like, it's just meant to be a fun event for everybody that's involved so that they can all make a little bit of money. And we want to encourage people to come by making it free. You know, there's no reason to charge to, you know, for people just to have a fun time. It's only three hours. And so that's part of it, too. It's like, uh, 3 to 6 p.m. on the 22nd of October at the Mayflower in North Hollywood. Yeah, we have over 20 guests. we got, like, Fred Williamson and Sean Whalen and uh, Jim Wynorski will be there and Kevin Tenney and Kelly Marooney and a whole bunch of people. And don't forget Deep Roy. Deep Roy. Yes, and, of course, Deep Roy. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> our final announcement on there, yeah. Um, yeah, and if you don't know, if you don't, none of those names uh, kind of ring a bell to you. Fred Williamson. Uh, yeah, Fred Williamson. He was in uh, From Dust to Dawn, yep. so, uh, which was really cool. Uh, they're having a mini uh, The People Under the Stairs cast reunion uh, mm-hmm. out of this, as well yeah. as a mini Chopping Mall cast yes. reunion out of this i actually had to show mark uh, the trailer for chopping mall because mm-hmm. he had never heard of it <laughs> right so but that, that that tells you where shows you where i come from with all my movie I background I, I i did like that movie that was awesome but anyway fair father's <laughs> hair was big <laughs> and in more ways than one it was it. <laughs> and it's uh this uh, this year it's being hosted by i'm going to mispronounce her name Mobolia? Mobolia. Okay, I got it right. Yay, me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's actually got her own movie, too, that she's trying to get um, up and off the ground as well, So, which is kind of cool. Yeah, she's been working on it for a while. I think it's called Body Count. And she also, she's probably more famously known as hosting the 1031 films that have come out. There's three of them now. She hosts those. Awesome. And uh, she's has she been in any of your movies? Because I'm thinking... Oh, yeah. Like, she she was in the first movie I made when I, when I moved out here called The House of Pain. And she's been in uh, over half of them since. Wow. Okay. Wow. So all kinds of interesting stuff. If you want to go and check out the third annual corpse, Cropsies. I always want to say Corpsies. Yeah, I remember Cro- it's called Corpsies. Uh, Cropsies <laughs> Creepy Con, October 22nd, 3 to 6 p.m. at the Mayflower Club in North Hollywood, California. And again, it is free admission. Um, so yeah. um, let's talk a little bit more about, because uh, uh, you have Spider Baby going on. And you also are in the middle of filming The Dark House of Mystery. Yes, we actually just wrapped it two days ago, and I released the trailer yesterday. And uh, so I got a question for you about the trailer, because I did watch it. Yeah. (laughs) What? Thanks for letting me know. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So I know I'm bad. Well, you know what? He releases a trailer literally almost every other day, because he, like, finishes a film, like, every other day. So It's not like you don't have Messenger. Um, I don't. No, I do. I do. Um, so, I, I, is is that film going to be in black and white? Yeah, yeah. It was intended. It's a 1930s period piece. It's my homage to the Dark House movies of that era. You know, with the, the Man in the Ape suit and the No Power and everything that was a trope in those movies. We had a lot of fun. It was very highly stylized. You know, yes, was it was. I actually, that's what I was going to comment on because. Uh, it's kind of the lost art of lighting, um, and uh, you, yeah. you seem to have dis- rediscovered it and putting the film out in black and white and the way you utilize lighting and the way they utilize lighting back in the day when they had black and white film. You've mm-hmm. recreated that perfectly in modern times, which was very oh, impressive. Thank you. So, well, I had a lot of help. You know, I had a great crew, people like Eric Russo, who's been my DP for a long time, and Derek Hill doing my audio, and uh, got a new friend um, that's been helping out, too. Uh, so I've got some really good people and we filmed at a mansion it's La Roca Ranch uh, Jennifer Moradi is the owner we've actually filmed Spider Baby there and Beyond the Gates of Hell wow 
So that's uh, whenever she sells that, there's going to be a good selling point. These movies yeah, were yeah, filmed no, here. It really lended a lot to the film, obviously, because there's a lot of secret passageways and hidden doorways. And so I really wrote the film around her place. So it worked out perfect. Wow. So those are real actual little hidden passageways in the house. Yeah. Like, like in what you see in the trailer with like the people creeping, you know, with like the candles and stuff. That was an actual like underground cave passageway underneath her pool. What? So it was like underground. And so she showed it to us. She's like, you might want to utilize this. Unless I saw it, I was like, we're setting the whole movie in there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really cool. I didn't even. And in California, that's kind of. I know, I know. It was, it, it was seriously like gold finding that place. It was perfect for the film. Huh. Well, interesting. Makes me want to go and check out the Bowers Mansion now, and uh, over in uh, <laughs> Washoe Valley, mm-hmm. go and check that out and see if there's anything like that in uh, over there. So my aunt had a house like that. Really? Yes, on the water. They were like maids. They were basically maids, entrances and entrances, exits and entrances, so they wouldn't be seen doing all of their work. They connected from the third floor to the basement to the pool house. Weird. Oh, yeah. We played hide and seek. It was Uh. <laughs> that sounds like fun. I would have played hide and seek in that. that oh. What was the name of the movie again? The Dark Side of. <laughs> it is called the Dark House the of dark, Mystery. Dark, yeah, the Dark House of Mystery. Okay. <laughs> he's he's literally writing all these down. No, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to mention too, so I don't forget. We got our Mega Ape screening also oh, on yeah. the 13th at the Temecula Film Festival here in town. Yeah, so, I just haven't gotten to that part yet. I mean, it's... <laughs> I know. <laughs> and um, oh, and again, congratulations on uh, oh, also the. Uh, uh, deleted scenes and behind the scenes um, stuff that you did for um, it was uh, Chucky? Yeah, I worked on parts 2, 3, and 4 Blu-ray releases. Well, in part 1, technically. Um, I did, provided you know, I grew up recording everything on TV. You know, I was a nerd, horror nerd so I have <laughs> lots of trailers and deleted things and work prints and so I've been working a lot with uh, Screen Factory for the last several years helping with their special features when they need like rare deleted scenes and TV spots and stuff or radio spots. I happen to have a lot of them so wow. I provided all those for the first four films. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, Creep Show. It was the yeah, other one Creep Show. Just, just worked on that one, yep. So... And are you so you've always been like uh, keeping your you know you like have what like seven eight pots of the, uh, sticks in a pot at the time that you're constantly stirring stuff up. So I was gonna say, do you ever go on vacation? He he doesn't. <laughs> I, I tried talking him into coming up here like so many you times. Love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. No, like seriously, because like I do take you know a day off a week or two where I like will go to the beach or go hiking. And good, like, good. Definitely, I definitely get that in. But I, I'm a very energetic person, and I love doing this, and I feel like i can't get enough done you know so I, that's it's just the way i see it I, i've referred to him as uh, the brendel fly of the movie industry <laughs> you, ever, you know what i'm talking about okay yeah he does he doesn't sleep he like i got like two well, but technically I, I am slowing down everybody keeps asking like because uh, you're getting older that's all he takes that line from empire records where he yeah. says there's 23 usable hours of every day <laughs> yeah, seriously that, that's his mantra i, I i'm not kidding you so I actually I looked up and I found that actually an interesting quote from uh, Spider Baby. Oh, so yeah, did, did you want to hear it? Yes, of course. Um, actually, it was taken from the lyrics, which is really bizarre. The lyrics uh, okay. for the opening theme. It's a. Uh, is it okay if I read it real quick? 
I'm not going to ruin anything. All right. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to think I'm going to William Shatner poetry reading. Oh, God. Even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Screams and moans and bats and bones, teenage monsters in haunted homes, the ghosts on the stairs, the vampires bite. But better beware, there's a full moon tonight. Cannibal spiders creep and crawl, boys and ghouls having a ball. Frankenstein, Dracula, and even the mummy are sure to end up in somebody's tummy, which is kind of disgusting if you're going to eat the mummy because I think he's past his expiration date. Uh, take a fresh rodent, some toadstools and weeds, and add an old owl and the young one she breeds. Mix in seven legs from an eight-legged beast, and then you're all set for a cannibal feast. Sit round the fire with this cup of brew, a friend and a werewolf on each side of you. The cannibal orgy is strange to behold in the maddest story ever told. And that is yes, the... and that was sang by Lon Chaney. Actually, in the original film, that's the theme song. And his grandson, Ron Chaney, is in our remake. Nice. So, a little uh, paying homage to the original in a lot of ways. That's yeah, cool. that, it was very important for us to do that. So, And, uh, and actually, in a, another interesting fact is that you have uh, Jack Hill. Uh, who yeah, he's the, the executive producer. And then we the, also got Beverly Washburn, who played uh, Elizabeth in the original movie. She's a CPS worker in this film. So you got the, the original um, director and uh, um, what was it, writer of the film is uh, mm-hmm. executive producing it. So he's, he's on board. Yeah. So he's so happy with it, I'm sure. Yeah, he read our script and I made the changes he wanted and we made the movie he approved. So nice, very exciting. And if you're interested, again, this is going to be um, open. There's general admission and open to the public. So you can go and check it out at the Frida Cinema in Santa Ana, California at 6 p.m. That is the red carpet world premiere on Halloween night. So bring your autograph book, too, because you can get autographs from Mr. Dustin Ferguson. He'll be there. Or you can go to the um, Spider Baby Indiegogo. And uh, contribute to it. And uh, if you go and contribute to it, like I said... Please you can... do. Give us all your money. We need it. <laughs> Not all your money. At least some of it. I least... mean, you know, whatever you can afford. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that VIP package is still available if you want to uh, be a... What's the yeah, price on that? better snatch it. He can't say it out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> leave, I'm, the radio station won't let me say prices out loud, unfortunately. Yes. But uh, you definitely want to go and check it out. It is at Indiegogo.com uh, backslash projects backslash Spider Baby Remake. Or just go to Dustin Ferguson's Facebook page and you can find the links there. Uh, sir, always an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. And uh, you're such a busy guy. Thank I'm you. glad you were able to uh, come and join us and tell us what you have been up to. It's always a pleasure. I really appreciate it. No problem. You have a good evening and a happy Halloween and good luck with all of your ventures. And uh, we'll be talking to you very soon because you're getting really close to breaking that world record for the most movies by a single record. How many? I'm lit- I think the record's like 153 or something. So, I mean, you know, like 10. So, nice. Yeah, he's almost about the world so, record. Like, January? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean next year. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be next year, just January. Right. All right, sir. Yeah. Well, you have a good evening, and uh, you take Thank care you. and be safe. For everybody else, we'll be right back with more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right after this, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Indie game developer and publisher Dark Point Games has finally put a release date on Achilles Legends Untold. 
We now have confirmation that the game will be released on November 2nd, 2023, as it will be released on PC via Steam and the Epic Games Store, as well as PS5 and Xbox SX and S series. Keen-eyed archers are not stormtroopers from Star Wars. Okay. Their arrows mercilessly remind you to roll or cover yourself with a shield. Armored undead, the slow in movements, are clad in iron from top to bottom, leaving only their backs vulnerable. Wolves, on the other hand, attack in packs and do a hit-and-run tactic, inflicting bleeding statuses. The diversity of foes and combat styles encourages you to watch and learn to achieve victory, while regular enemies in large groups pose a challenge even to veteran ARPG players. Achilles Legends Untold introduces several bosses, powerful individual opponents with their own life bars and unique deadly combat patterns. With the release of the full game, you will be able to face one of the new bosses, the mythical Minotaur. I've already okay. faced him. Huh? <laughs> Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Pokemon Company apologized after an extraordinarily quick sellout of merchandise tied to a brand new collaboration with the Van Gogh Museum of Amsterdam. Announced earlier this week, the Van Gogh Museum line included plushies, figures, artwork, and card accessories featuring pieces of Pokemon art inspired by the works of Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> Is this real? Is, is this an Onion article? No, it is not. This was real. Seriously? Seriously. They actually it was uh, that picture of that um, that self portrait he did with the gray hat. Uh-huh. They have the same kind of stylish with squirtle Pikachu. on his head. No, Pikachu wearing yeah. that hat. Yeah, so. in the background the same. Yeah, I saw it this morning. I thought I was like, I thought in all honesty, I thought something went wrong <laughs> with their production line, and that's why they were calling it that. But no. What timeline am I in? Yeah, it's I bad. don't want to know. I don't like it. I, I like Van Gogh's art. I don't like this. <laughs> the pick the, uh, the way, uh, I don't know. It's Pokemon weird. Tired. It is weird and it's goofy. Um, but here's where it gets good. No, big old. This is why they're apologizing. <laughs> a massive crowd of scalpers descended on the museum when the exhibit formally opened on Thursday, and a similar scene unfolded today on the Pokemon Center online. The major issue with the quick sellout was the Pokemon Center briefly had live links for the various listings on Thursday, which provided resellers and those with access to bots to flag the pages and determine when the items actually went live. Ah, so like nobody was able to get them? Nobody who actually wanted to get them. It was just a bunch of scalpers, you know, and resellers just grabbing them. Uh, This was compounded when instead of announcing that the sale was live on social media, the Pokemon Center chose to let the listings go live quietly, allowing those who used bots to get a valuable first pass at the merchandise before the common fan knew they were available. Unless you were part of a Pokemon merchandise Discord or Facebook page or followed a social media account that used bots to alert followers of sales, you probably never had the chance to actually grab a piece of Van Gogh merchandise. While there's no indication that the Van Gogh Museum line will receive a restock, the Pokemon Company confirmed that they were looking into ways of getting more of the promotional Pikachu wearing a gray felt hat card out to Pokemon Center customers in the future. While Pokemon fans are understandably disappointed about the Van Gogh flub, TCG players still have plenty to look forward to. Recently released is the long-awaited Scarlet and Violet 151 set, which includes all 151 original Pokemon, including the first 
Cabadabra card in nearly 20 years after that is is the release of Paradox Rift, a new set that contains Pokemon with the ancient and future labels that will likely mark the beginning of a new trend of decks focused around both cards. The last labeled introduced a battles in battle styles are still the foundation of the most dominant deck in the meta right now. So players are expecting Paradox Rift to be the start of a major shakeup in the meta game. Okay. Right on. Okay. Lost you guys there. Less than I'm just a- not a big Pokemon fan. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Less than a day after the WGA and AMPTP announced a tentative agreement that could finally end the strike, and as the SAG after strike continues on Stars on, Stars has dropped the hammer on four series yep. with Blind Spotting, Run the World, and the veneer of Samantha Bird on the list, confirmed by the rap, but it was the news that the Stephen Stephen Emil oh, and Andrew and Alexander Ludwig starring Heels was canceled after two seasons. Did you watch that? Yep. Yeah, great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was sad when I heard that. I was like, wait, what? I love wrestling, and so, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a good show. And Stephen Amell is a huge, you know, wrestling fan. He's mm-hmm. been involved with WWE going back many years. Yeah, and, um, and AEW. Yeah. So maybe now he'll actually have a wrestling career. Well, no, he actually does wrestle with yeah, them. he's had, oh, really? men, he's had a number of matches. His first match was against Cody Rhodes in the yeah. WWE. Hmm. That's what led him to actually do this because he wanted to kind of keep that whole like aspect. So, was that because of me? That whole thing yeah. was shaking. Mm-hmm. Oops. Okay. Every week I don't say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just happened to look over and I'm like, why is that shaking? Are we having an earthquake? Uh, reportedly, the four shows did not find a large enough audience for them to be picked up for new episodes. So, boohoo on you, stars. Hey, you ever watch Alice in Borderland? Can't say that I have. No, no I've, I. it's on my watch list. I just haven't gotten a chance. But I heard they just got a season three. Yes, they did. Alice in Borderland, the hit Japanese death game thriller series that's a precursor to South Korea's Squid Game, is returning for a third season on Netflix. With Keto Kamazaki and Tayo Tishuga <laughs> reprising their roles as, as Arisu and Yusa, as Yusagi. In season three, fans... I know I'm massacring these names. Fans... It sounds like I'm having a stroke while I'm trying to read it, actually. <laughs> fans could look forward to witnessing the evolution of their of their characters in the ever-dangerous landscape of Borderlands. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about this, because it actually yeah, was, was a say, really you interesting series. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, the first uh, season was like, ooh, this is really cool. But there's no... Um, so basically, um, they go through... Uh, it's all the cards... And uh, each they'll get a card when they do a game, mm-hmm. and depending on the suit and the number, and the number dictates how hard it is, and the suit dictates what kind it is. Okay. So if you got like the the ten of hearts game, was uh, something that would like was heart wrenching. Okay. So like the I think the first card that they got was like eight when he went in, he was with all of his friends, and it was. Um, him and his two friends, they were the only ones left, and his girl. And they had to go through the game, and it was called uh, um, Wolf. or uh, so, And it was kind of like a uh, tag game. Okay. But if you looked at the other, the other person, they would become the wolf. And halfway through the game, they realized that you wanted to be the wolf because that was the only one who would be left alive. 
So the other two friends, they made him the wolf, and then they went and hid so he couldn't find them so that he would live, and they sacrificed themselves for him. So that's why it was a hearts game. Okay. Weird stuff. And then season two, it was the actual face cards, the king, the queen, but it's But it's, like it's not an actual game show. It's a... No, it's not a game show. They're in just like this weird like alternate reality. Okay. Where, um, but the, there's a whole twist at the end. But I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to reveal what the twist right, is. Right, but it's 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 but not it's this like whole, a game show. I mean, it's there's kind of games game involved that you have to. But it's life and death. Gotcha. Um, and the big twist at the end. And but the, some you can choose to be a resident there, so you'd be actually doing the games in the future. Like one was a. Uh, this rock band <laughs> and this guy for some reason walked around naked. It was really bizarre, but this rock band was actually doing part of the, they would put on this one game. And so it was like all of these weird game things. And so, okay. but anyway, um, so where was I? Um, reprising their roles and season three fans can look forward to witnessing the evolution of their characters in the ever dangerous landscape of borderland. Shinsuke Sato's continued direction will also ensure that the series maintains its trademark intensity and cinematic excellence. Based on the manga series of the same name by Hiro Aso, Alice in Borderland follows the story of Arizu after he is transported to a parallel universe in which he has to play and win games to remain alive. The games are divided into four categories represented by suits of a deck of playing cards. When Alice in Borderland begins, Arizu is living in the shadow of his high... Achieving brothers spends his gloomy days unable to find any meaning in life when he goes out with his best friends Kato and Kurubi. The, the only sparks in their dreary life in the city suddenly becomes devoid of people. While feeling some sense of unease, the three young men are elated at their newfound freedom. However, this is the borderland, a place where the inhabitants must clear various games to survive. Arisu, who uses his absurd observational and decision-making skills to clear the games meets Asugi, a climber who has cleared games on her own without having any companions through this unbelievable life and death experience. They face head on the question of what living means. The best-selling masterpiece of survival suspense was a hit, even in its digital format. All 18 volumes of the original manga and both volumes of the new sequel, Alice in Borderland retry are currently in publication from Singawi's Shunin Sunday Comics. When season one started streaming in December 2022, it rose to the top 10 in more than 70 countries, earning its place as a worldwide sensation. Critics and viewers alike were enthralled with the show, boasting boasting an impressive audience score of 96% on review website Rotten Tomatoes. Following their successful debut, anticipation for the second installment ran high when season two debuted in December 2022. It shot up to the number top 10 in over 90 countries, claiming the number one spot in 17 of them. In Japan, it held the top spot for 14 consecutive days. Even more remarkably, just four weeks after its release, season two clocked 200 million viewing hours worldwide, the highest of any title from Japan. Now the Joker card has appeared, declaring the triumphant return of Alice in Borderland. Netflix will announce the premiere at a later date. So, but if you're into... Like the Survivor Horde. If you liked Squid Games, you'll mm-hmm. really like this one. Uh, I love Squid Games, so yeah, I'm looking forward to season two. You'll, you'll really like this one. Actually, it, sounds, it kind, of, kind of sounds similar to like, um, I want to say, what was it? Uh, Resident Evil 3? Where they were like, had to go through all the scenarios. I can't remember which one it was, but that's what it kind of reminds hmm. me of. Like, hmm. 
That Are seems you interesting. Ready, kids? <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. Nickelodeon Sponge announced Bob. that SpongeBob SquarePants, the network's number one animated series, has been renewed for season 15. Yay! It's only season 15? Yeah. It seems like it's been on for so much longer than that. I, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I That's know it took like... a break after the creator died. They had a little short time period mm. in there where they didn't do anything. Uh, created by Stephen Hillenberg, the Net- Nicktoon premiered in 1999 as re- and has reigned as the most watched animated series for 21 consecutive years, soaking up more than 100 million total viewers every quarter. Ramsey Naoto, president of Paramount Animation and Nickelodeon Animation, announced the 26th episode renewal with a new look at the undersea citizens of Bikini Bottom. Season 15 pickup marks 345 total episodes of the beloved Sea Sponge ahead of season 14 and SpongeBob's milestone 25th anniversary in 2024. SpongeBob's ongoing 13th season premiered in October 2022. In season 15, incurable optimist SpongeBob's Patrick, Sandy, Mr. Krabs, Plankton, and Squidward will uncover even bigger nautical adventures. All new SpongeBob episodes continue to debut on Nickelodeon and feature the characters embarking on a range of situations, including SpongeBob thinking he has developed an allergy to Krabby Patties, Plankton learning self-defense from Sandy, Mr. Krabs stepping into the gym, and more. Season 15 is the largest expansion of the SpongeBob SquarePants universe, including new episodes of renewed spin-off series Camp Coral Spongebob's yeah. Under Years and the Patrick Star Show and the fourth theatrical Spongebob movie, the Spongebob movie Search for Squarepants, which is coming out in 2025. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, who would have thunk? Not me. To say that Star Trek Four has had a rough road would be an understatement. <laughs> the first two movies in the rebooted films would did well at the box office, but the third, Star Trek Beyond, did not do as well. Long, lo- not long before the premiere of Star Trek Beyond, Anton Kalchin was tragically killed yeah. in a freak accident. And and uh, you know what else? It's not only this franchise that affected. I, I was looking. Thomas. Yes, I was looking. I know. For, I was so happy because mm-hmm. it. That's my favorite. Me like, too. Storyline book from Dean Koontz and. They did very well with, like, he embodied my envision of Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. And then, oh, it's so sad. Like, he died such tragically, too. Like, yeah. The weirdest accident. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you know what? I was on a, uh, some site, and uh, they said, What was the saddest scene of any movie that you've ever seen? I went, The end of Odd Thomas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, Oh, yeah. didn't think about that i'm like well that's your fault <laughs> i did but anyway uh so he was blah 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 and the rest of the cast crew were very shaken up by this and didn't seem keen to return to the deck of the enterprise since then the film has gone through multiple directors and scripts it was on the schedule and then it wasn't and at one point the film was announced with the main cast returning without actually locking down any of the main cast <laughs> All the hope might not be lost. Maybe it's still unclear. Writer and director Lindsay Anderson Beer was supposed to write the latest version of the Star Trek IV script with director Matt Shakeman. However, Shakeman stepped away when he was signed on to work on the new Fantastic Four, and Anderson Beer apparently stepped away to write and direct Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Mm. At least it sounds like she isn't on the project anymore, but she did explain to collider that she thinks it will still happen so it sounds like star trek 4 continues to hang out in limbo with a 
which is a shame for people who would want to see more of the cast and crew from the films. However, Trekkies are far from starving for content these days, as Paramount Plus keeps them well-fed with plenty of shows. While that's not the same as a film, keeping up the hype on the television shows does show Paramount that there continues to be a demand for Star Trek. Maybe that will finally get them to put the pieces together for Star Trek Four. And on that note, it is time for a hard break. This is the last break of the show, so you still got 20 minutes left. If you want to talk about anything discussed on the show so far, phone number to call 775-515-4141. And we'll be right back with our special in-studio guest, co-host Mark Hilton. Hello. (laughs) And goodbye. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show, everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And tonight after the show is episode six of Murphy's Inc. season two, titled Order My Barbecue Wings. That is right. (laughs) I'm sorry, it was called what now? Order My Barbecue Wings. It is actually Order My B period, B period, Q period. Wings. Ah, order okay. my barbecue wings. No, no, I have a question. No, the way you said it, it does that actually mean something other than barbecue? Maybe. I, I. This is the first time I've ever been asked directly if the the title has any involvement with anything, and I don't know. Maybe. Okay. It's possible. There, there. I would certainly hope anyone who. Uh, very much enjoys the show, would have already picked some stuff up on the way that we title the episodes. But, you know. You never know. But here's the synopsis for tonight's episode. In Baghdad, everyone seems to be making friends except for Daphne. The librarian gets to know Fayad. Fayad, yeah. Uh, While James, James, learned, or intern number two. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) Learns philosophy from... Yushri? Yushri, yep. Close. Tomato, tomato. Mm -hmm. All right. So definitely want to check that out. It is episode six. You can pick, actually, if you want to binge watch it or binge listen to it, episodes one through five are available at your favorite podcast platform. Absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, we, we're, I just this morning listened to uh, episode seven. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's in a very good place. Episode eight is coming along. So we're. You know, we're done recording. We're we're just at the place where now we're assembling the episodes and getting them queued up with all the effects and all that fun stuff. So it's it's nice to be at this point. The flip side of that, though, is we just uh, literally Friday night had our first writers meeting for season three. Oh, so uh, we 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 are starting that process. Uh, So season three is uh, right now mapped out for 17 episodes. So it'll be a little bit bigger than season two, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. I I am as the showrunner. I have fully mapped out this season. Uh, there will be four writers on the season, uh, myself included, and we're gonna have some fun. I think. And speaking of uh, productions from '97 to now productions, uh, w- how far are we off from the premiere of Oak Bridge? So Oak Bridge is in writing right now. They had uh, they actually submit their first round of rough drafts. All the writers uh, this week, so we're targeting uh, recording this series by hopefully end of year, early '24. Uh, our plan is for it to air no later than summer of next year. 
So we're we're hoping before then, but no matter what, it will have been it will be completely aired before KaboomCon. And uh my plan and I can announce this here, uh the plan right now is for season three of Murphy's Inc. to have its world premiere of episode one at KaboomCon next year. Nice. nice. Yeah. And um with uh Oak Bridge um has any casting been done yet for that no uh i kind of wanted to wait until i had the rough drafts uh you know to take a look at all of them and kind of then i can start mapping out okay what characters are there really because you know when when you start working on a production you say okay here are the characters here's what they need to look and feel Mm -hmm. like but it's not until you actually get the scripts and a lot of the times writers sometimes like to just add new characters or get rid of yeah and it's like okay Let's see. So then you have to look through the continuity from episode to episode. Oak Bridge, luckily, it's only 10 episodes. So I'll be able to, in conjunction with the creator, Ashley Dean, we'll be able to read through those pretty quickly and see, okay, are these characters heading in the right direction? Are they where we want them to be? Um, And then I can start looking at casting. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hoping to have a casting call put together by the end of hopefully this month, realistically. With all the scripts getting turned in this week, um, I'll get my first pass at them and start building that out. Excellent. All right. Look, lots of good things on the horizon. Absolutely. And like I said, don't forget, episode six of Murphy's Inc. Season two is on tonight, right after the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. So stick around here on KNVC 95.1 FM for that. Paramount Pictures acquires the label Republic Pictures has gotten the North American rights to the action horror movie Azrael. The first film stars Samara Weaving from Mm. The Babysitter and comes courtesy of the C2 Motion Picture Group. Azrael takes place in a world where no one speaks. So hopefully the actors aren't paid by the word. (coughs) And centers around a devout female-led community that hunts down a young woman. Hold on a second. (coughs) All of a sudden I had a scratch in my throat. Female-led community that hunts down a young woman. They don't say why, though. After the self-titled character escapes her imprisonment. When she is recaptured by the ruthless leaders, she will be a sacrifice to pacify an evil, ancient evil that resides deep within the surrounding wilderness. But in true action horror fashion, she will stop at nothing to ensure her own freedom and survival. The creators describe Azrael as a relentless parable of sacrifice and salvation and it unfolds in real time mm. while weaving is no stranger to horror right. that's not where Azrael's connections with the genre end the feature the feature is directed by el Katz, and uh, actually i know who el Katz. i think she's been on the show before who also held episodes of netflix's haunted haunting of bly Man- manor and sci-fi's channel zero the script is written by simon barrett who also pinned the guest and your next Jason Clout, who did Joker, and Catherine Kisa, who did November, will executive produce the upcoming film. While no distribution plan has been revealed just yet, they are hoping for a theatrical release. So does it sound like something you would watch? Yeah, I like Samara Weaving, actually. She's uh, pretty good, so... I don't know. I can't. I never saw the babysitter, so I have no um, idea. That was on Netflix. Uh, but she was. I want to say it's not your next. She was in the what? It was most recently where she played um, the wife of this guy who his family owned video. Like they owned like a. They were basically like the Monopoly Milton Bradley family, mm-hmm. and they like he, on the night of his wedding, 
they have to sacrifice his bride. So she, and so, oh, okay. yeah, I can't no, remember I the name of it, but she, that's why I was like, I'm going to hope that she gets to kick butt again. And that's pretty much what she does. You know, she kicks butt through the whole, she kills like pretty much the whole family. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I remember that one. Okay. So is Todd McFarlane's new spawn remove film ever getting made? No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. No. I, I why do you say yes? yes? Uh, I've heard some things. Why do you say no? Because I just hope and I just have a feeling. <laughs> you hope it doesn't get remade? No, I hope it does, but I just have a feeling that it's it's just always like, no, no, like, and they're just going to give up. Yeah. It's a fair question to ask since the topic has been discussed for the last 26 years mm-hmm. uh, since the uh, first Spawn movie, which came out in 1997. And producer Jason Bloom is maintaining that he has a concrete answer to give. The new Spawn movie is coming out in 2025. Wow. Yeah, I know. 2025 is when Spawn is coming to co- is going to come out. Bloom revealed to comicbook.com during the press junket for the Exorcist Believer. Why was he? Okay, because it, that's a Bloom House production, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, that's why. Originally, this new Spawn movie was intended to be a much more low-budget horror-themed imagining of the character. By the mid-2010s, Spawn character, Spawn character and comic book creator Todd McFarlane was parading around a lengthy script for the film and making it known his and he intended to direct it as well. Bloomhouse took him up on the offer in 2017 and Jamie Foxx was set to play Spawn. Mm-hmm. But then the reboot suffered several starts and stops as market factors changed things, namely DC's Joker going from a modest 500 to 70 million budget pro- budget project to a billion dollar box office and Oscar win success story. However, 2023 brought even more challenges to the film's process. The writers and actors strike in Hollywood brought all film productions to an an indefinite hold. Meanwhile, Jamie Foxx suffered a life-threatening health scare that left him hospitalized for weeks. In fact, the Oscar-winning Ray actor is just now starting to return to the public eye after an entire summer where it seemed like it. That's not fun. Are you okay, or do we need to call somebody? No, I just got all of a sudden like a dry spot in the back of my throat, okay. <clears throat> which makes it hard to talk. And I got to keep talking. And uh, Ray Actor is just now starting to return to the public eye after an entire summer where it seemed like his possible death was a trending topic. Now that that's over, things seem like they could proceed fast. Spawn has seen several writers coming in and to rework McFarlane's script. <clears throat> Which he seems to have taken in stride. My original plan was gonna tr- was was gotten tripped up a bit. M- M- McFarlane told ComicBook.com's Chris Killian, "You deal with a lot given Hollywood. None of that should be surprising. But you start <clears throat> bringing in A-list people, and you're bringing on A-list people, not just one, but multiple A-list people, and it's going to continue to grow." What you're not going to want is to do a cheap, low-budget movie with all of these big-name people on it, and that's not why you're signing up. You're not looking for a big extravaganza, but they're also not looking for an $8, billion, $8 million horror movie, budget movie either. As for Tom, McFarlane's last update made it pretty clear that the current version of the Spawn reboot is going for, I think, I think in between the boys in a traditional horror movie, Uh, We've got a different group of people on board, and they might not be as darkly bent as I am. (laughs) Uh, McFarlane told us back in July, if you ask me, I'd make it ugly, dark, make children cry. (laughs) 
one. That is dark. But the play we're, we're trying for, and we'll see whether it works, and we'll know by the end of this year. We're taking a pretty big moonshot of what we think we, we can pull off in Hollywood. If we can pull it off, it will be a big deal financially, and once you get into these conversations, they're going to want to, to do it in a way that they can then get their money back. Well, duh. <laughs> so you said yes. Does that kind of uh, go along the lines of what you were saying? Yeah. I uh, I, I can't <clears throat> reveal sources or anything, but, um, yeah, I've heard that the script is almost, it's like past 90%. So Yeah, that's what he said. Like, right, well, it would have been done if the writer's strike didn't happen. <laughs> oh, okay, Todd. It was pretty much done before then. It's, yeah. The policy. <laughs> yeah. So Hasbro is really stepping into the Transformers multiverse as yep. they continue to expand their Transformers Legend United line. Another animated series is coming to life with Transformers Cyberverse, which debuted in 2018 and focused on adventures on the planet Cybertron. One of the Autobots from the series is a flying ad- series is flying on back to Hasbro as the jet fighter and swordwoman Windblade is back. There is more than meets the eye with the... Oh, of course there is, because that's our tagline. Mm. With this slick Autobot that will transform into her jet fighter mode in just 16 steps. She will also come with a Stormfall sword and fan blade accessory. Both can be equipped for either of her modes. It is nice to see shows like Transformers Cyberverse getting new figures in the Legacy United line. I'd still like to see them do more with the automated Transformers ones. Oh, they the, have that. They have like that um, Autobot Prime that yeah. transforms by itself mm-hmm. back and forth. You know, I'd like to see more of those coming Does out. Push-ups, yeah, <laughs> push-ups, because that's what you buy a robot for to watch them do push-ups. Well, I just want my transformer to transform by itself. <laughs> yeah, the sixteen steps nonsense. I remember when. Remember when Transformers first came out? You literally had instructions oh like you're putting together a Kia furniture. You know, it's like step one, step two. I hated them because I could always do it one way but couldn't get it to go back the other Right, way. yeah. yeah. And, the, the, and you were so worried they were going to break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all for tuning in tonight, no matter where you're listening. We genuinely appreciate your being here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. A big thank you to our guest co our guest co-host, co-owner of Dark Corner Haunted House. Well, actually, she wasn't a Holly Spar. Dark Corner Haunted House is running every weekend until Halloween at the National Bowling Stadium in Reno, Nevada. Also, a big thank you to our special co-host, Mark Helton from 97 Now Productions. I don't know why I messed that up. <laughs> Tickets in front of the line VIP passes are available at the Dark Corner Haunted House website, darkcornerhaunt.com. An even bigger thank you to... Thank you to prolific horror director Dustin Ferguson for sharing with us the status of his latest film, Spider Baby, coming soon, as well as sharing all of the information about the third annual Cropsey's CreepyCon. It is free admission to the third annual Cropsey's CreepyCon, and you get to meet and greet so many talented people Sunday, October 22nd at the Mayfair Club in North, North Hollywood. With all the guests on the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, Pop Culture Kaboom follows and or likes them on the Facebook, depending on what options are available. So as they post news, it is reposted to the Pop Culture Kaboom newsfeed. Next week, Sunday, October 8th, our special guest will be six-time Bram Stoker award-winning author. Oh, there's a little uh, registered trademark I forgot to throw in there. 
And queen of all things Halloween, Lisa Morton, will be talking with Lisa Morton about her latest book, The Art of the Zombie Movie. And of course, all things Halloween. We'll be separating fact from myth with the world's leading expert on Halloween, and that is Miss Lisa Morton. Thank you all for your support, and please continue supporting the Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. And if you missed any part of the live show, the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast, produced by 97 and Now Productions, and is now available. And you can get this episode and previous episodes and some bonus material that'll be coming up as well. Subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also give a like and a follow to Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook and everything you, for everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment daily. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom a YouTube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending. On behalf of our special guests, the co-owner of Dark Corner Haunted House, Holly Spar, film director Dustin Ferguson, Tony San Filippo, Filippo's Horrible Review, KNBC, our special guest host, Mark Helton, Rob, and I. Thank you for your support. Have a great week, and we will talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 to 9 p.m., anytime during the week on Facebook and 24-7 via email. Until then, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits. <laughs>